You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about The Flash, Season 8. But before we do that, just a quick note here. You will hear us refer several times in this episode to a Superman and Lois episode that we have not yet released. That is because we recorded our Superman and Lois Season 2 episode before we recorded The Flash Season 8 episode. I was fairly confident about that choice because I figured they would either have The Flash and Superman and Lois debut at the same time, or Superman and Lois would debut first. Because Superman and Lois at least still has a potential for renewal, but The Flash, we know this is going to be the final season. So it seemed to me if there was a show that they were going to leave by the wayside, it would be The Flash because you would assume they would want to have Superman and Lois out before Sweeps month in May so they could have the finale air in time for that. Well, it seems that the CW doesn't agree with me. (laughs) Superman and Lois is coming back on March 14th, which means their finale is going to be well past May, and The Flash is coming back on February 8th, so it's coming back much sooner, which is weird because it doesn't need renewal, so why is it getting the prime time slot? I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's just the way that they're doing it. Would I have conspiracy theories that they want Superman and Lois to fail in the ratings so that they can have an excuse to cancel it? Maybe, but I don't really know. Could have been a production problem, perhaps, with the casting issues that they've had or whatever. I don't know, and it might have just taken them longer to get their season put together, and so that could be it. But I was hoping that The Flash would actually be a summer show this year so that we would at least have some DC content over the summer since Stargirl is no longer there. But oh well, we're going to have it all there in the spring, and then we'll see if next year we have anything. But anyway, that's really beyond the scope of what we really need to talk about right now. So now we're going to join the podcast already in progress. Let's meet our cast for this week. So starting off, he is the man you love to hate. It is my nemesis, Ryan Guthrie. How are you doing, Ryan? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. The weather is actually starting to turn into the low 90s. So that's a plus. Um, for you know mid-october um other than that yeah (laughs) just have to rub it in it's nice and warm where you are (laughs) uh yeah i see it's not a good thing um well which is which is worse texas or arizona uh it's like that's the difference between like baking and broiling you know i mean (laughs) either way and then they say arizona is a dry heat and that's true but like 100 anything over 100 is still freaking hot 120 is still it doesn't matter if you're in the shade or not you know um it's it's hot but arizona but texas is like yeah you're inside you're outside and you're a puddle so you can't win okay (laughs) so uh anything new and exciting going on for you since the last time you were on the show 
Um, <laughs> so uh, not really, except uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but uh, it looks like at the end of this month, I will be taking, not because I want to, but because I'm petty, um, I will be taking a solo cruise uh, all by myself. You know, um, Back in 2020, me and my friend group, we were supposed to take a, a we were we were going from Barcelona. We were we were flying to Barcelona and then taking a cruise over to Rome, and um, then you know the world happened and mm. we got credits and everyone else used their credits but me and they expired at the end of this year, and so either I have to spend six hundred dollars in cruise credits or uh, you know just lose that money. So I I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna, just because I'm cheap. <laughs> the cruise of pettiness. I, I hope you have fun on a cruise by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat a lot. You know, so what? Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, when is that going to be? Well, the one that I can, the one that I, I will probably pick, just because it's the closest to my credit, is the end of this month. It's oh, like okay. us, uh, I'll be back the day before election day. I that was my only criteria. You know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was just curious for scheduling reasons. If, if yeah. I wanted you on something, like when are you going to be out? So, okay. All right. But yeah, no, it's good to have you back on the show. Thank you. <laughs> and next up, she is our expert on DC heroines. And that is Cammy. How are you doing, Cammy? I am doing wonderful. All things considered, those things being we're about to talk about the Flash season eight. How are you doing, Nathan? <laughs> I am doing really good, actually. I just got a 4K TV and I was not prepared for how good it would make things look, even if they're not 4K. That's exciting. So you'll see the flaws in greater detail now <laughs> yes! is what I'm hearing. <laughs> My wife and I were just talking about that because she... Anytime we watch anything that takes place in, like, say, Victorian times or even though I guess you wouldn't call it Victorian, but in America at the same time period as Victorian, she picks apart the costuming like constantly. And mm -hmm. she's like, I can count the threads. <laughs> she's like, I can get the thread count. It's of 4K. She's like, I can tell like what like fabrics they're using and whether or not it's accurate or not. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I just uh because because I like Kath Catherine McNamara from her yes. time on Arrow, I did actually check out the first episode of Walker Independence. And my wife the whole time was just screaming. She's like, those are synthetic fabrics. Like they didn't have those and those buttons are plastic. And it's just it's Okay, funny. but it's about pretty people all falling in love with the same girl. You know what I mean? Right. Like the, the costumes are so secondary. <laughs> With that being said, that won't stop me from being a hater who picks things apart today. But like in general, okay. you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yes, that was interesting because, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of like Walker, Texas Ranger or anything. I was just like, I like Catherine McNamara. I'll give this a shot. So, yes. uh, yeah, it didn't really inspire me either. But it was just funny with my wife having her just like get angry uh, through the whole thing. So, um, yes. but yeah, how are you? <laughs> What's been new and exciting for you? Well, you know, this time about a month ago, I was at Dragon Con talking about The Flash. So this is just an ongoing, this is the season that never ends. It, <laughs> it is, it, it will only end when the next begins, which will surely be better um, because it can't be worse. I'm doing great. I'm doing really, really great. Yeah, you know, we can all blame Ryan, though. Why? 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 No, no. Why would you put that in the... You're the person who's driving down the road saying, what's the worst that could happen? Damn it. 
Oh my God. Yes. I'm put, you know, I, I'm kind of, I've got the fall witchy look going on today. So I just got to put curses out into the universe. You all can't see me, but I look like a rejected member of the Adams family right now. I'm mourning the loss of summer, despite the fact it's 70 degrees outside. I thought it was a Lena Luther cosplay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but we can all blame Ryan for this because yes. originally I wanted to have this early in the summer, but Ryan hadn't watched the season yet. And then there were just other delays based on other things after that. But Ryan's the initial cause. So. Well, no, you, you can blame uh, AT&T on that for not carrying the CW. Uh, oh. that's, that's the reason I had to wait till it dropped on Netflix, because I don't know if you ever used the CW app, but I wouldn't wish that on uh, my worst enemy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, at least now we can we can finally purge the season <laughs> from our memories by just talking about it right now. And then we'll never have to talk about it again. But uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Tammy. Great to be here, Nathan. All right. And finally, the world's foremost Flash fan who managed to 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 get himself up off the floor. <laughs> after watching the season for a second time to come talk about it with us and that is sean how are you doing sean i um i finished the rewatch last night and um it's still it still stings it's still fresh um there there, there's violence in my soul right now it's all negative so um like the negative speed force no, like that was the name of the last graphic novel story that they did at the season was it's all negative. And I feel that it's like they knew what we were going to be thinking at the end of this season. It's all negative. Um, and, and I'm also mad because, you know, as Nathan knows, I, I always try to show up and, and try to put the best light on a situation. Um, but sometimes you're given a turd sandwich and it's just a turd sandwich. And um, I now have to try to polish a turd on some level and i'm 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 emotionally upset about this because i just don't wanna so um for those of you who have heard me in my 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 previous year's rants i apologize for the amount of vitriol that's about to come out of your boy um but cw got some splaining to do and that's how i'm doing by the way so i'm i'm fine i'm fine i'm i'm good how how short a time frame did you binge the season in for your rewatch? Uh, three and a half days. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally get it. So, and then then just in a related flash news, then cinematic flash is just a dumpster fire <laughs> where I'm like just CG Grant Gustin in for the love of God and take whatever their name is out and just give us a different freaking Flash. Like, is this is a bad time to be a Flash fan? Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Like, if I have to summarize this entire podcast with the one sentence, it's a bad time to be a Flash. I, I'm I am truly sorry <laughs> for all that's going on because I know, and that's the crazy thing is it's like because of COVID and all the delays with the Flash. Mm. Like the Flash movie could have come out while people had a good feeling about Ezra Miller, and <laughs> but like because of all the delays and everything, it's like now it's afterwards, and now it's like oh my god, like this is. <sighs> Yeah, this is this is crazy. Um, yep. But uh, but yeah. So anything anything bright and good happening, Sean? Um, doing a lot of art, making lots of writing, doing a lot of really interesting things that hopefully I'll be able to talk about. Um, but yes, a lot of really cool writing, a lot of really cool artwork. Um, yeah. So just life being very interesting right now. Um, but no, like things are good. You know, creatively, I'm in a very good spot. Um, 
And I think that's what pisses me off a little bit more because creatively I could see the holes that you mm-hmm. could drive entire freaking bridges through um, whole like sideways, like, you know, you could go horizontally and whatnot. You don't even have to try to like, you know, fit it in. It's just, I don't like that. Um, you and I have spent many a night over many decades talking about when people drop the ball, for instance, spider saga, where they yeah. decided to make 900 clones and, and, and base just, creatively i'm great but i see bad creating and it makes me mad yeah can we just get into this because like i just need to bitch okay i I, i'm sorry complain (laughs) (laughs) all right but yeah all right so so yes (laughs) but okay you know like i do have to say we're not gonna have a five minute controversy today just because of timing and everything else uh uh, but we do have to pause for a promo for another fine podcast and then we'll get into it Attention, people of Earth! Looking for a way to kill half an hour every week? Try the Flopcast! It's a silly podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, obscure pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and chickens. Join us! Bring coffee! We're on the ESO network. And we're at Flopcast.net. Like we talked about at the top of the show, we are talking. Well, actually, we talked about it all through the introductions too. We're talking about Flash season eight. Um, so, just kind of curious uh, overview. And uh, Ryan, we'll start with you since you're the reason why we're doing this so late. So, <laughs> what did you think of this season as a whole? Well, you know, unlike some people, I didn't rewatch it. However, I did drag it out, um, <laughs> and I finished the last two episodes literally last night. Because uh, I'd save them for, I wanted to have them fresh in my mind for this. And uh, honestly, I just feel like this podcast should be titled, you know, we've gone too far. Um, it, it's just, I, I, yeah, it's it's just like, I feel like this season was just not a matter of learning from the past, or at least learning the wrong lessons from the past, but just living in circumstances that are beyond the writer's control. They have, they have certain actor problems Mm -hmm. and certain writing story problems that they just can't write their way out of and so they're just trying to push through and uh, in that sense this season was better than last season which will give a pass because of covid but i don't know maybe my standards have just gone up from mcu stuff and just the 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 impressive amount of uh genre writing that's out there whereas the cw writing has kind of remained flat you know the cw is still where they were when arrow came out you know what 10 years ago or 12 years ago or whatever so maybe maybe it's not the show that's failed or the show that's changed but us that have changed as viewers we've come to expect more because i have i've come to expect a lot more than what we've we got this season hmm. yeah it's too bad the ownership of the cw has turned over because now i want Stephen amell to show up like at their offices in full arrow attire and be <laughs> like you have failed this audience <laughs> Uh, all right um cabby what's your overall impression of the season 
You know, honestly, if there was absolutely nothing that I liked about the season or the show at this point, I wouldn't be here. But there is. There are there, there are a few things that are keeping me watching this. There is a really interesting storyline and potential that is going on and being explored through the Killer Frost piece. I, I think everybody that I've talked to about this, and I, I would say this is one of the most transparent quality aspects where they've got a good actress who's doing good work, good directorial work, and really exploring two sides of an interesting character. That is a tiny percentage of this season. And the remaining load is, there, there are some, there's good effort being made by the remaining cast, by the writing team, who, as you've referenced, and I'm sure we're going to get into, there there were some some hurdles that they had to overcome or could not overcome throughout that really kind of mess with the quality. But the fact remains that within this season and within the last two or three seasons, they've doubled down on some issues that could have been solved. And now we're seeing long-term ramifications of a poorly written romantic storyline, which is pretty critical in a comic book TV show, a written, produced, everything about that. Low quality, that is a huge thing to get wrong in a CW comic book show. We have issues where we have a hero who has not progressed and is continually being coddled while we're led to believe that he is now a paternal figure within the show. There are just issues where we're being told rather than shown. And they. It, it, we're going to talk about one season today, but I think we can all agree that most of the issues are not isolated to this season, they are issues that have been kind of sown and now we're reaping the, 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 uh, not benefits, but the consequences of it here years later, starting back with some poor choices back in season four. So those are my high level thoughts. (laughs) You know what I want? I want the reverse flash to be the villain at the end of every season. That's what I want because we haven't been doing that. Barry Allen flash is a villain (laughs) and I will die on this hill. Actual Barry Allen flash is a villain, but we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Yeah, We'll talk about it. All right, Sean, what are your overall impressions of the season? How to lose friends and make enemies without really trying. (laughs) Okay. That's, that's it. That's the summary. Do you really want me to go on the rant this early? No. <laughs> All right, we can leave I mean, it look, there. Choose, choose your level of pain, sir. Okay. okay. Like, where, where, what do you want from me right now? No, no. All right. Okay. No. no, no, no. Okay. Let me give you a preamble. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> part the first. I'm going to pull the computer closer to me. Hi, everybody. So, part the first. You decide that you're going to make a show called The Flash. The Flash is known as a generational character, meaning that the character grows up, learns lessons, and then starts to teach other people about these lessons eight years into this show i think he just learned how to stop using diapers and i'm really kind of tired of it when joe west becomes the eye-rolling figure because he still has to give the same speech like literally verbatim these season one and you're eight years older you've missed the point when you don't have any generational Hand me offs. And, and I, I don't want to any, hear anybody say, oh, well, you have impulse and excess. No, 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 no. You should have Wally. Okay. We have no Wally. We have no handing of the torch. We have 
when John Wesley Ship shows up, you say, thank God an adult Flash has shown up in the room. I know. Every time he's there, it's just like, wow, like the show like just became like way more serious and like everything. Like he brings gravitas into it. Yes. And this is nothing against Grant Gustin. I think Grant Gustin is fine. I think they're not giving him anything to do. And I think it's because, and and Nathan knows this because my entire rant has been, the CW shows are all about keeping everything exactly status quo. This character is essentially the same character he was eight years ago. There is no growth. Because of that, Mm -hmm. everything that is happening, everything that is occurring, constantly comes back to, we will not let these characters grow and actually become new people. And sometimes that means... Like, they go off and they have interesting adventures that are not on the show. The, your main character might change. What When your secondary and tertiary characters are more interesting because they are actually given growth and they're actually able to turn into characters, but your main cast isn't, you screwed up. Period. End stop. That's my opening volley. We'll come back for part of the second when you're ready. Okay. Yeah, so, like, for me... My frustration, there's two love, two frustrations. One is they keep drawing me in at the beginning of a storyline and making me think we're going to go interesting places. And and they're still very good at doing that. They're still very good at putting pieces into play that are like, that's intriguing. I, I want to see where this goes. And I think maybe they've righted the ship. And then we go through the storyline. And by the end, I'm like, oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> You know, because this was not the direction it should have gone. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel interesting. And we keep going back to the one thing that will save us all is the love of Barry and Iris, which they have such a hard time of selling. And it's like, okay, if, 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 if if you get that the chemistry isn't there, don't keep trying to tell us that the chemistry is there because that just highlights that it's not there. You know, like you don't don't make that the centerpiece that all these stories hang on. Um, Well, and I think that's a big part of it is because it's also, you know, that that whole idea is Wally and Linda. Right. Like that that story is Wally and Linda. And for those who don't know, Wally and Linda, that's the third, technically the third Flash. Mm -hmm. Um, But Wally West and his wife, Linda, um, they're the ones where people realize that, oh, love actually can like save you from the speed force because the speed force if you become too close to it like is like heaven so it'll pull you in you can't come back um not to say that other people can't love each other it's just that it takes a very special type of relationship to pull you back from this thing and so they use this term lightning rod in the comics they used it like maybe three times and then it was just understood and they wrote it every third (laughs) sentence out of their mouth iris is my lightning rod no she's not and it just makes beth and i snicker every time that they do it it sounds sounds... like an adult toy and these people (laughs) seem like they've never done more than kiss each other and hated it like there's just this disparity at least we didn't have uncomfortable scenes this season of people walking in on them apparently having sex and being like oh oh what's going on here and then like hastily putting like shirts into their pants and stuff like i'm glad we at least didn't go there anymore because that was just weird and like nobody seemed comfortable with that scene and i watching it was not comfortable with that scene <laughs> and it's just like all right like you don't need to do this to try to prove to us that they love each other okay here's but the I mean, thing with something that sean said he he brought up an important word he was talking about the generational nature mm-hmm. and i think that for us in any franchise book movie 
Right. Whatever for us to buy into a multi-generational structure at the top of that, you have to have two people that love each other. Mm -hmm. We can't move past this introductory season one of sort of like he's crushing on his stepsister and it's kind of gross type of vibe. We can't move past that. We can't, we can't even get back to what little they did have in season one. And that's why we can't get to this place where we care about their kids and we care about him passing things down. And we see him as some, you know, patriarch within this. That's the problem. That's why it seems like such a tiny thing. Like, oh, he's the paragon of love, whatever. It seems like such a tiny thing, but it really is the element bringing his care, his character and this show down. Okay. I'm gonna get off the soapbox for two seconds. No, but it's true. All right. All right. We're, we're not going to get into the Paragon thing because then we're going to go on another tangent, but yeah, yeah. But, but there was, but, but, the, but you but, need to explain that there are faces that are happening that the, the internet can't see. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm making faces over here. I, I just want to say the other weird thing, which again, isn't as big a deal because they haven't made Jay Garrick as prominent as I feel like he should be is they cast Michelle Harrison as his wife which is also Barry's mom in a different universe. And so that also makes it weird and kind of like strange, like the whole generational nature of it's not, hey, this, you know, Jay and his wife, you know, and and now he's taking Barry under his wing. It's like, because Barry looks at her and sees his mom. And it's just like, (laughs) I I don't know. It's like the whole family aspect of this flash is so incestuous. Nobody wants to see Barry's search history at this point. Yeah. There's this whole like, there's this whole like skeezy factor to it that shouldn't be there. That's just there because of how they've set it up and how they're doing everything but i'm sorry ryan you wanted to say something what were you going to say i (laughs) you kind of knocked me sideways with that one but no i was just gonna say like yeah when when the writers rooms when when you're in the writers room and their first purpose is okay how are we going to keep grant and uh candace apart this season that's when that's your first concern and when you're writing your season out you're doing your season uh plot line your bible it's like what's going to keep them apart this season you're you've you've got structural foundational flaws in the entire season. I can't you can't put up on that. Right, because like, the whole point of the season was they literally can't be together. Like if he's near her, it's going to like accelerate this thing that's happening to her. And so I'm just like I'm just sitting there laughing because I'm thinking of all of Cammy's rants from previous seasons <laughs> about the problematic nature of their relationship. And I'm just like, my God, they're doubling down on like 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 the whole thing of they don't have chemistry while also trying to tell us that their their love is what's going to save the universe and right just, and everybody yeah. keeps going everybody keeps going you're the you're the relationship like i want in my life and i'm like bitch you can have so much better stance. like no don't look at them <laughs> like like I mean, look at look at freak joe and camille like joe and camille they got chemistry like they're adorable together and you know what why aren't they in more scenes together like when joe found out that camille went patrolling that was like maybe one of the most entertaining things that happened in the entire season because she's like okay yeah i I did but it was really fun and he's like (laughs) okay i kind of get that like i mean nora i I mean iris and, and barry just don't they don't have it. And you know what? If we could recast Aunt Viv in the middle of Fresh Prince, we could recast <laughs> Iris and or Barry. I don't care who goes. Somebody got to go. Yeah. 
when 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 you do an alternate timeline and Thawne and Iris have better chemistry and it's still creepy as AF <laughs> than, than Barry and Iris, yeah, something is wrong here. You know? uh, uh, all right, I, I do want to say one other thing about like the overall, but I will say this: I I I messaged Cammy after watching the first episode of this season because she had brought up and I remembered her bringing up on the show about how he and Daniel Panabaker have such good chemistry, but it had been so long since I had seen them do a scene together that I'd forgotten it. I was like, oh yeah, in season one, they had that cute episode where they like went to the bar together and then he mm-hmm. like took her home because she was drunk. And I was like, oh yeah, but I was like, but it's, yeah, it's been so long since they've had anything to do that wasn't like a professional like interaction. And then this season starts out with Barry going to jitters and he gets her like the, the latte that she likes and he remembers everything and they have this cute conversation. And I'm like, wow, they really do have really great chemistry. I can buy them as a couple. And then it's like, watch the whole rest of the season and like Barry and like Caitlin like never interact other than when it gets we'll get into that but like the whole thing of like Barry is just like oh I gotta be my douche self this time this season again and you know they have to like stand them not next to each other you know when they do their little like circle debriefs whatever they have to actively stand them not next to each other otherwise Mm -hmm. you see like oh this and it's not like mind-blowing chemistry but it's pretty cute and palpable it's cute and it just stands out in the desert of chemistry in this uh-huh. show and it also here's the thing not to make it about you know the the guy because honestly i think daniel panabaker is carrying the show on her back but whenever <laughs> they're together he actually seems like an adult like it's like oh this is an adult male who a girl might be interested in wow mind blown and then we never see it again yeah yeah and honestly that, that makes me want to go all the way back to casting pre-season one and somebody going Yes, Candace Patton will be our perfect Iris last. Like, d- did you not put them in the room at the same time? Did you not do extensive screen testing? You know, like, it- it's like when I go back and I watch the screen tests for the original Christopher Reeve Superman, right? And you watch all those screen tests. Basically, nobody has that cutesiness that Margot Kidder brought when you put her next to Christopher Reeve, right? Like, there was like maybe one other person, but like, it was clear they had a dynamic. You telling me that they can't, they went through all of like Canada, they went through all of Hollywood, and, and Candace Patton was the chemistry. He, obviously, you didn't put Danielle Panabaker next to him, then, you know, and it's like it just it, it, it drives me mad because they're like, okay, we're going to cast, we're going to make an actress, we're going to go uh, over here, and we're going to say, uh, this is our actress. Okay, well, who's our like lead man then? And did they land on both of these people and never put them in the same room? Is that what they did? Like, did they cast separately and they never, like, I don't understand the disconnect here because it's been eight seasons, yo. Like, take them to like relationship boot camp or something, right? Like, okay, like for like, you know, like for like yeah. three weeks, just like let them have to go, like, if they're actually in a relationship and they have to go and learn how to talk to each other, like something. Yeah, I, and here's the thing. I mean, all right, so here's the, here's the frustration for me on that aspect. And again, I, I get what happened with Hartley Sawyer, but that is the best chemistry this show has had is the chemistry between Ralph and Sue. Yes. It was so good. I was like, my God, I am so invested in this couple. I want them to have their own spin. Yeah. Like that's the first time I was like, I want them to have their own spinoff from the yeah. flash because of how good they were. So somebody, so, I mean, you can, I mean, I don't believe that that could have been an accident because it was so good. Like if it was, yeah. that's like one in a million. Yeah. It's more than just the chemistry between Ralph and, 
and Sue because Rolf had that chemistry with with Barry. Uh, yes. Or, you know, because we mentioned the fact that Barry has not been a mentor. There's like one exception with that, and that's his relationship with Ralph. That was believable. That I, yeah. I, I really did. Yeah. And it took time. And yeah. it took time. That's the thing. They let it they let it actually percolate for a while. Yeah. And it, it just makes me feel like when it comes to the West children, not Joe. Joe has always been amazing. Like, like he, especially in the first few seasons, like he took that parental figure and he he ran with it. Him and John Wesley Ship tag teaming his dads. It was it was a beautiful thing to see. But like Iris and then Wally, like there was never any chemistry with Grant. And I'm just like, there are so many talented actors. And I mean, even brand new actors at that time, you know, like that are coming out of like all these different places, Hollywood, Canada, wherever. And you can't tell me you couldn't find just a couple of people that really like like connected with him. Like I, I just and then I start to go, well, is it is it Candace's fault now or is Grant just like wallpaper? And I don't think it, it's anybody's fault at this point. It's not a fault yeah. thing. It's just sometimes people don't click. Sometimes yeah. things don't work. Sometimes yeah. they do. But it's the job not of the cast, not of even the writers. But we're talking the high level whoever's right. executive producer on this who needs to make the cutthroat decisions to say, okay, I know we did this in you know whatever season, but now we need to be setting up for a long term trajectory of a you know a generational pass off or whatever, and somebody. I'm talking back in season one and two should have been making those hard calls of we're either losing this person, turning this person into a villain, recasting, swapping out something because we need to set up for Barry to pass the torch to Wally. And it should have been passed by now seasons ago to Wally. Like we're talking way back when Keenan was doing it. That Mm -hmm. was when that transition sort of happened. We should not have gotten more than two or three seasons of Barry Allen before it's transitioned to a different flash. And that's should have continued to happen we would have had a different opportunity for a romance and a family and a generation and that should have gone on and on to different incarnations of the flash right now we're stuck with a flash who can't change and he can't pass the torch because he can't grow as a person and develop his own family at all despite them throwing five thousand kids at him yeah. <laughs> well here's the thing so so their intention originally wasn't for him and iris to get together so quickly they wanted him to and patty to have a longer term relationship and some kind of shakeup or whatever caused the writing and the story to change where they got rid of Patty. And I feel like that was the wrong decision. Iris should have like been held as the someday he and Iris are going to get together, but not today. So that he, and, and cause you could see that chemistry between him and Patty was so much better. Like they were a cute couple. Heck his chemistry yeah. with Linda, even though that's weird and wrong, if you read the comics, <laughs> yes. but like that, like the, his chemistry with the Linda actress was so much better. And so he's had several actresses that he had good chemistry with that could have potentially been a romantic pairing, but they just wanted to get to Iris so quickly. And I think that's one of the things that screwed them up is they didn't cast her to be his love. They cast her to be like a thing, like, like a person that he was interested in, but he's with somebody else. And cause she doesn't see him that way and all that. And now, yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't work. Or maybe it was, they casted her as what they wrote the majority of the first season, which, which was she is his confidant and sister and friend versus love interest. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, the big reason why they got rid of Patty was because P- Patty to Patty to Barry is what Felicity became to Ollie right. in our, that... in Arrow. And we all know that, and we all know that Dinah was supposed to be who Ollie was yeah. meant to end up with, but the fans just they went to Felicity so freaking hard. They're like. But we can't take her away now. So they had to get rid of Dinah. Or not Dinah. They had to get rid of Patty oh. like so fast. that yeah, They're just like, we got to get rid of Patty like right now or we're going to be in the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, what Dinah was Laurel's middle name, wasn't it? Yeah, it, she was Laurel yeah. Dinah. Yeah, um, but they they screwed that up on Arrow, and they they wrote out that Green Arrow never really wound up with Black Canary. And it's like, all right, fine, Felicity, this is a different take, and they went where the chemistry was. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they'd have done that in here and said, okay, we know she's supposed to end up with Iris, but it's not working, so she's just going to remain his confidant, you know, best friend's sister, and he winds up with Patty or. Caitlin or anyone. There are a few things these writers need to discuss in therapy, not the least of which is the ongoing Game of Thrones level incest in this show that's treated as normal. But one of them that they need to think about is this idea of if you have to have not a single other person within like six feet of your partner or else there's like potential issues, then maybe that's not a good relationship. Like, have Mm. they considered that? Have they talked to their therapist about it? Like... The therapist yeah. we saw in like one episode and then never saw again. All right. So so getting back to <laughs> overview, <laughs> the other thing that frustrates me, and again, this is something that when they made this season, when they wrote this season, they couldn't have known, is that the Arrowverse has imploded. They divorced Superman and Lois from the Arrowverse, which is which is frustrating. And they also have gotten rid of all the other shows. And so now The Flash, which is the only show that was renewed and is only getting a half season, has to carry the entire Arrowverse on its back to completion. And there's so many pro- there's so many things that I feel like need to be corrected so that I'll feel satisfied at the end of this. But there's no way in 13 episodes that they're doing it. No, nor do I think that they even care to do so. And yeah. so I, I'm very frustrated just at the end of this because it's like if just the flash was going away because it's long in the tooth and everything, but Batwoman and Legends was going to continue and, and Superman Lois was still in the Arrowverse, I would feel a lot better about it because I was like, okay, but the legacy of the Arrowverse continues and we can do interesting things with the stuff that's been set up in the flash when it crosses you know when those characters like end up in these other shows as guest stars and whatever uh, um when did superman and lois get removed from the arrowverse because I, I have not been watching that show oh so it was revealed in the finale it was revealed in the finale in season two that on this earth superman is the only superhero and it's always been the only superhero there's some debate that was a decision <laughs> so so the creators so the creators decided that hey since COVID happened and we can't do crossovers, we feel like that it would be better for us if Superman and Lois didn't have to acknowledge the other Arrowverse shows. So they basically revealed that. So even though there is a John Diggle on the Superman and Lois Earth, he is a different yeah. John Diggle than oh, the John Diggle God. who's in the Arrowverse. So <laughs> Crisis was a completely pointless storyline because they've set up Superman and Lois as being a different Earth now. And so even if Superman and Lois continues, the rest of the Arrowverse is done after this year. That can be retconned later on. I'm not, you know, too hung up. Oh, on, but on I don't think they want to. That's the thing. The writers want the freedom of not having to acknowledge any of that. So I don't think they're going to. I kind of understand that. Yeah. Because interconnectedness, that hasn't worked for any other comic book company that's made a giant <laughs> massive media empire at all. No. I mean, you know, it's not like they've even said, hey, you know, we used to have these other like franchises that were on other companies like Netflix. And then we said, hey, we're going to find a way to retcon them back in. It's not like Daredevil's made like a cameo on I don't know, a She-Hulk show recently or anything like that. Or I, I remember there was like a bald man in Hawkeye that could have possibly been the <laughs> kingpin. But no, 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 no. Let's have the freedom to focus on this one. So, Okay, Nathan, we really got to get to like the story of this because I'm about to like lose my. No, 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 I didn't realize you didn't know that, Sean, because that was like so everybody like lost their mind and got angry about this back when it happened. So I honest to God, dude, you know what I've done is I put my head down and I said, I'm not paying attention to what people are talking about on the internet when it comes to comic book stuff because you know what? 
I only I have this much life in me, okay? And yeah. every day it goes down by this much. And I can either let other people's opinions on stuff like uh, affect me or I can make my own opinions and decide to do my own art, do my own thing. And I don't have time for all of this ranting that people like put into it. I read the comics I want to read, I watch the shows I want to watch. And sometimes I obligate myself to the Flash because he's my boy. And and let me do this way: if he was not my boy, I would not be on this podcast right all now. All right, all right. Just a quick question though, because did, have you not been liking Superman and Lois? Like, I, I'm confused why you haven't watched it. Okay, so again, it, it comes down to. Oh, let me put it like this, okay? And this ties directly into the Flash this season. Yeah. I am tired of the CW ness being CW. Oh, okay. So if it's a CW show, it goes way down on my priority of things. But see, watch. that's the thing though. I feel like Superman and Lois is like the anti-CW show because I generally agree. it does better like than not doing yeah. those things. That's great, but it's about two parents and then it's about two kids. And I watched like the first two episodes and I was like, I don't need two more kids in my it's life. It's a little right bit now. about one kid now, last I heard. Right. Well, I know that one of them actually <laughs> has powers and the other one does. well, again, I'm I'm behind and I'm just like, okay, you know, and I'm just Okay. All right. No, I mean, it's fair. I mean, I, I was just curious because like to me, like that's the best show that they're putting out on the CW is Superman yeah. and Lois. But anyway. and I could and, and, and this is how little I care. I, I mean, honestly, like it, it really like that. That's the state of how little I care about CW right now, you know, and, and, it, and it's more of a, a factor of everything is just two CW for me. Mm -hmm. and, and this whole season of The Flash is two CW for me. Um, Deathstorm was a literal walking version of the whole point of the CW is how emo can we be at any one given moment? And Deathstorm walks in and he's like, I literally feed off of your hate. And like just, he's absorbing all like, you know, like if, if like, like Sam and Dean Winchester came through and had an argument, they're like, we have to make the sacrifice. He would just get bigger. Like, I, like if all the CW shows had a massive crossover, literally Deathstorm would have been the size of Godzilla. He would have been a kite. I mean, like, so when you sit there and say this is the best show that CW is releasing, I'm like, I still bet there's a lot of CWness in there. And I'm just, I can't, I can't right now. I just, I need Flash to finish and I need an aperitif and to stay away from it for a while. And then I'll come back when I have like five seasons and I'll watch it and I'll probably really enjoy it. And that'll be fun. Like I haven't even watched Gotham. Why? Because I'm not going to watch a show about Batman without Batman in it. That's just stupid. Yeah, and it's fair. A lot of people didn't like Gotham. I liked Gotham personally, but you know, I mean, it's yeah. it's one of the, it's not for everybody. You know, I like Lois and Clark, but when the like half the story is about the kids, I'm like, this isn't about Lois and Clark. You know, this, or, or I'm sorry, Superman and Lois. Right. Okay. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Can we please get to the Flash? All right. So Armageddon. <laughs> Armageddon, we started off with this five-part storyline, Armageddon, and we were like, hey, guys, since we can't do crossovers, though, wouldn't it be cool if we took some of the characters from shows that are canceled and, like, just had them as guest stars? And on just that surface of things, I really enjoyed seeing um, Ray Palmer again. I really enjoyed seeing Alex Danvers. You know, like, it was nice seeing these characters that we hadn't seen for a while. It was great seeing Mia um you know even though they, they didn't did nothing with her and now we don't know if they're going to because of what's going on and she has her own show and everything else because that was frustrating i was like oh they're bringing her in so she's gonna so they're gonna do something with that later in the season and no no we're not gonna no, do it didn't, anything with yeah. that but but so i was i was kind of excited on that aspect but once again i felt like when we get to the actual resolution it didn't really like hit like it should so um Sean, I know you've got super rants, but we're going to save that just for a little. Like, Cammy, what did you think about Armageddon? 
Well, Armageddon was interesting because it was the point at which I was most willing to suspend disbelief. Mm. I, I, I'm not going to say I came into the season with like a clean slate, but we knew that Armageddon kind of got pushed later than it was supposed to be and kind of had to be cobbled together because of COVID-related disruptions, right? And so if anything's COVID-related with TV shows right now, I think most of us are kind of willing to sort of hand wave away that like, oh, this person couldn't be there, this was missing, or this is kind of put in an odd time. And that was the case with Armageddon. I was also really excited, like genuinely non-ironically excited to see some of these characters. Alex, certainly Mia, smoke queen is like top of the list there's a reason they saved her to the end and used every bit of her footage in every promo that they possibly could we loved her right yeah but through at jefferson pierce of course also you know mm-hmm. just a, a lot of really cool moments that yes to an extent there's this underlying annoying thread where every single person who shows up is there to coddle Barry and to stroke his ego and tell him he's going to be fine. But it's an interesting thing to explore. They took on head on this idea of is Barry bad? Could Barry be bad? And explored sort of morality within it. The resolution was highly disappointing and set up for a continued to be disappointing season. But Armageddon was probably the best part of the season taken as a whole the rest of the season the only high points were individual storylines not complete episodes so for example the death of killer frost was a very interesting thing that was explored later and it was always sandwiched in episodes with complete garbage everything else was terrible armageddon is the one thing where most of it was pretty quality throughout my my favorite that even though I love Jefferson Pierce and I loved Black Lightning, the thing is though he's like Barry, why do you like call me here? And Barry's just like injustice, and he says it with this like super like 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 uh like over dramatic like just like okay, like it just like that doesn't mean anything to us other than you're just trying to be dramatic there, Barry. You're not Batman, Barry. I just feel terrible whenever a Black Lightning character shows up on The Flash or honestly any crossover because they could not have been more clear from their inception that they did not want to cross over. They did not want to be pushed in the same universe as these other shows. They said time and time again in cast, writers, everything, they wanted to be their own standalone thing. And then that got retconned, which is how we know it's absolutely going to happen with Superman and Lois as well, by the way. But every time they're there, I just imagine like somebody's got like a gun to their head being like, like, you are going to do this and tell Barry that he's a good boy or else. Tell Barry he's done good things. No, I don't want to. I will shoot you in your kneecap. Okay, you can All right, to be there. fair, though, the reason why Black Lightning wasn't in the same universe is that it was originally developed as a Fox show. And then when Fox passed on it, the CW picked it up. So it wasn't going to be part of the same universe because it wasn't even going to be on the same network. Um, it but... wasn't even filmed in the same country. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, Sean, thoughts on Armageddon? You introduce the Hall of Justice. You introduce the Justice League. Does the Justice League show up? No. You get the Justice League C team. Fine. No problem. But when they say, oh, we couldn't do a crossover because COVID. Okay, fine. So what you're saying is that these actors were expendable because their shows were done. And that's actually kind of bull. Like, I don't like that at all. You know, I, like, I wanted there to be a new Green Arrow show. I wanted to see, like, you know, Nia go off and, like, have, like, her whole thing happen. Yeah. And, like, like it literally was, like, these are the people who could not hold their own show anymore. So we're going to put them all together. This is your Justice League. And I'm like, are you kidding me? 
like you still have never actually said justice league like right. you had one job people you did the crossover you brought everybody to the same universe let them sit down at the table one goddamn time they didn't do it um i didn't like it i didn't like it at all i didn't like that despero became a good guy because like despero is not a good guy despero is a universe conquering alien who shows up and basically says yo mama beats the hell out of you and takes over your planet and he's like you're going to destroy the only home i've ever loved what's that earth <laughs> really <laughs> yes look at my third eye all in my forehead and i'll have cg for six seconds no 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 commit to a bad guy being a bad guy okay bad but, guys but can the just reverse be bad flash guys. is the only bad guy in the flashes like <laughs> no, mythos, don't, right, don't, no 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 <laughs> all right so then right Oh, well, now it's not. It's going to be Barry. Okay, that's an interesting idea. Let's see Barry be the bad guy. What could push Barry to be in the bad guy? Iris. It's always Iris. No, it's Joe. Oh, no. Did they really kill Joe? That would have been interesting. Like, if that was an entire season, Joe is gone, and we have to find a way to get Joe back without another flashpoint. Okay, cool. Three and a half episodes in. Reverse flashpoint. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> reverse flashpoint. So you mean it's not a flashpoint? No, no, it's a reverse flashpoint. So it's not a flashpoint. No, it's a flashpoint, but in reverse. Okay, he had a stupid name in the 60s and they stuck with it. What? You don't make any damn sense. Well, I'm using the negative speed force. Well, wouldn't it have been a negative flashpoint then? No, because he's the reverse flash. Get your stupid story straight. Espero goes, I'll keep an eye on you. And doesn't show up for the entire rest of the damn season. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. They wanted to have Neil uh, McDonough, you know, reprise his role as Damien Dark. And they were like, how do we do that? We got we to gotta bring him back. Okay. You know, I will say this. Damien Dark showing up was actually really sweet. And I like, like, Damien and Joe having their little detente was really cute. You know, and bringing back, um, oh, God, Barry, uh, uh, Ray Palmer's real wife, um, uh, yeah, she's called Nora. Nora, yeah, because we but don't have enough to... Noras in this universe, right? Seriously, right? But but, but Damien Dark like going through like the the Nora resurrection, and then like it, seriously, how many times could Damien Dark be personally responsible for resurrecting somebody in the Arrowverse? Three times, apparently. Um, like, actually, no, wait, four times because I think didn't Damien Dark also save one of the Reverse Flashes at one point? So he's personally responsible for at least four resurrections in the Arrowverse. Mm. Like, per, he, he's so you got Nora, you got Joe, you got Iris, and you got at least Waterverse Flash, all directly responsible because of Damian Dark. Like, now three of them were were good guy resurrections, so that's nice. But like, like seriously, like when I started seeing, it, I'm like, oh, somebody ain't really dead. Like, that's kind of a bad trope. Like when Damian Dark resurrects your friend, becomes a trope in your show, you know you've jumped the train because he's a bad guy, people. <laughs> But the sad thing is, the sad thing is, like, he's such a good actor, and it's like, it is. I, it's like it, it, you kind of want to believe it, even though it doesn't make sense. And so it's one of those things where it's 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 a it's problematic uh, because of that fact that, yeah, it's like it's against type, but you just like him as an actor. So you kind of like, you're not wrong. I love him. I mean, he Damian <laughs> Dark, as we've talked about on many previous seasons, you know, in Arrow and Legends and whatnot, he is always a highlight. And whenever he shows up, you know, you're going to have a good yeah. time that that is. That is steadfast the truth. Um, oh, just son of a bitch. Like, I can't believe I have to be angry about this. Like, this should not be the show I have to be angry at. But, like, seriously, like, somehow they pulled a Fonzie. Like, and I'm, I'm not really sure exactly when they did it, but, like, he actually jumped a shark. Like, 
did it happen when like they decided to bring in like killer I, 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 he I reverse jumped the speed shark he did, oh <laughs> god but seriously armageddon was just a steaming pile of 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 let's cobble it together and it was supposed to be this big huge event and it was for me a big bud um yeah. and that is a recurring trope but it is at least entertaining in the fact that it does bring up the questionable you know, ethics of can Barry be the bad guy? And, and like Cammy said, yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about Armageddon? Uh, well, real quick, I've loved Damien Dark since, I thought the character has been interesting since um, his, his introduction to Arrow, where he, where Arrow saved his kid, saved little Nora when she was a child. And he said, I'll let you live for a week before I kill you or whatever. I mean, this, he's, he's got his own sort of weird code. <laughs> right, so right. that's I've loved him ever since then. But uh, I agree with everything Sean said about Armageddon. And I also agree that it is, in fact, the best arc this season. So both of those things are happen to be true here, which is which is sad in and of itself. Um, I feel like... Uh, Here's the thing. I went into it expecting to love it. We did see Ray. We did see Mia. We did see, you know, um, uh, everyone or a lot of people made popped up. Um, and I absolutely love uh, Tony Curran. And when I saw it was going to be him, I was like, okay, yes, this is going to be, he's going to chew the scenery. It's going to be great. And then for whatever awful reason, they decided to do, like, I, I feel like their CG budget has just also gone downhill uh, every season i don't know maybe they're saving it all up for the color effects at the end of the season uh for whatever reason uh because this was just like i've seen like video games from the 90s that looked better than that, <laughs> you know <laughs> and it just kind of yeah i, I just it's like and when you have an actor like tony like just throw some prosthetics on him and let him be the character you didn't need to do to do that um and again, so that aside, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, okay, all right, there's there's some potential here. I have to turn my brain off a lot. Um, but it was, yeah, it was the highlight of the season. And it kind of just kind of all went downhill from there. And I also feel like, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like that was their opportunity to maybe reset with Iris. I mean, they could have come out with that come, some, somehow. Here's the thing about time travel. I, I recognize that, oh, we've got to have barry and iris together because that's literally the only thing holding the universe together but they really could have come out of it um with maybe iris having amnesia or iris and barry having never gotten together or there were so many possibilities where just a little tweak because you've done a flashpoint before and we've literally had boys become girls and you know people not exist and re-exist again because of flashpoint they literally could have just had barry comes back and he and iris are just friends you know, or we so. could have Iris die and be reconstituted <laughs> in the future and come back from the future with knowledge that she can't share and be creepy and be interesting. And okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop because Sean ruined no, me no, no, me well, read the comics. no, there, there, there are remember the list that's in the list, okay? yeah, because it's like, like that. That's what was so compelling in the comics you had me read is like Iris knows things. But Iris is afraid of telling people things because she might screw things up if she tells people things. And so she becomes like this really creepy, like cryptic person that sometimes tries to give clues and sometimes is sitting on knowledge. And it's like, like Iris becoming like this sort of like, um, almost like puppet master in some ways. It's actually kind of interesting. Um, well, here's so also the other part of that, Nathan, which is that like there, so much of Iris West's personality is tied to... At some point, okay, so just the quickest aside here, 
for those who have never read the comics, you find out that technically Iris West is from the future. Um, or and, and I'm I'm dumbing it way the hell down. But essentially, she was originally uh, 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 in Barry's timeline. She was quote unquote murdered, which was not how it happened. But she wound up in the future. She basically got to experience the future. She got to actually live with Barry Allen in the future. They had kids, so on and so forth. Um, and then Barry basically dies. And so she comes back to the present uh, to help Wally because she knows that's what she's supposed to do. But she can't tell anybody about what she's learned. Now, that means that time travel is very much entwined into Iris West as a character. This entire season has been about her jumping around in time and the still force and all this stuff, but they just won't commit to her becoming a person who actually has agency and reasons to, like, you know, know things and to, like, have points. No, she's either in a coma, she's got time rabies, you know, like, she sees her kids and, like, I, okay, also, look, I know Black don't crack, but when they have the exact same actress talking to her kids on, like, hologram and then she appears in real life and they go, Wow, she looks so much younger. No, she doesn't. She looks exactly and age her up for the hologram. Like, I shouldn't have to be angry about this. Shit, okay, <laughs> like this is not hard. Here's the thing: a lot of the ideas that you guys have mentioned of like, here's how you know this one simple fix will make it better. They're all excellent, and they all should have been executed before this season. And that's what I was kind of touching on at the at the at the top when we're sort of talking about our overall thoughts. There's almost nothing they've done this season that I can pinpoint and say this. This was the bad choice that really hurt this season. It is all a series of decisions they made starting back in some case in season one, but really starting back around that season three, four mark where we should have really been seeing an intense progression and some, you know, rather than doubling down on what's going wrong, a hard change towards what could go right. Is this, is this something that, you know, is this somebody who comes across as a warm matriarch whatever character does she do better as kind of creepy or villainous does she shine in those moments that we've given her what what works best for her and how can we help her shine how can we have her graduate when we started this whole show saying she's working on her dissertation and we've never once actually capitalized on that how can we have her actually move forward as a character in a meaningful way and this season we didn't see that but this season you know, there was COVID and several episodes she couldn't be in. And she and Grant Gustin, I don't think like being in the same country, much less the same room, you know, whatever, <laughs> like whatever's going on this season, I think they did their best like E for effort. These are all problems that started way back and somebody should have stepped in back then. And now it's not too late to make it better, but it is too late to fix it. Well, I, I still think that there's an argument to be made that, yes, like you're absolutely right. These are decisions that they could have made, you know, two, three, four seasons back and, and started to really like weave a better a product. But like when you're literally dealing with Iris is jumping around time and, and like there's stuff like just put her ass in the future. Make her. They were so close to yeah. so great ideas yeah. this season in several different places. And, th and mm -hmm. then they just like they fell apart. Yes, and like, like seriously, like have her disappear for like two or three episodes and then have her come back. And she's back, but she refuses to talk to anybody. She's like, look, I'm okay. Barry, I can't talk to you right now. And there, and like have a whole season of Barry is lost without Iris because Iris is doing her own thing. And every once in a while, she'll call up or like they'll get like a text message or they'll, they'll get like some kind of like hint 
that, you know, somebody's helping them from an unknown number. And it turns out to be like, you could build it up. And at the end of the season, it turns out that it's been Iris the whole season because of the fact that she has this reservoir of knowledge that she can't share without breaking the time. Well, I mean, with, without going obviously too spoilerly, when the, I really thought when they were making Dion the negative still force, my thought was, oh, what they could do is make Iris the new positive still force that and that would have that would give her reason to still show up occasionally but also be removed and you know uh she'd have all this knowledge of the past the present and the future and she could fulfill that purpose but have a, a legitimate reason for her and barry to to not be together yeah it's clear candace Patton doesn't want to be like that much on the yeah. show she was gone from a lot of episodes this season yeah. and apparently she was the holdout for season nine that everyone else had already negotiated that they were going to do season nine and it, it was almost like down to the wire when they finally got her to sign on so i think you know she kind of realizes i think that you know the the her part in this all isn't really that good and they probably offered her a lot of money just so that they could keep her until the end because we know jesse l martin is leave is is gone like he he left the show he's doing his own show uh they said he'll guest star on like an episode or two next season so yeah, you, but know. you don't need him anymore I right, you don't need him anymore thing. but you i'm need... just saying but yeah. like he also realizes like his time is done and like you know yeah. they're not really doing anything new with this character but here's the thing the best version of iris we've had is mirror iris that yeah. tells me that candace Patton can do the creepy sort of almost sinister like kind of acting like really yep. well yeah. and so that's why i'm like so do that but do it with regular iris and not that she's a villain but just that it's like, you know, you, you have it as like this person who knows things and isn't telling you. And so their motives are kind of suspect and, and yeah. you just have kind of a question about her. And I think well, that that would have worked really well and probably would have excited her a lot more about the part. Because I think that's the thing. I think Mirror Iris gave Candace Patton something new to do. And that's why she kind of like dove into it was like, oh, yeah, like this is like a lot more meaty than what I've been doing as actual Iris. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. Um, I think I think. That, that's just part of the problem with the character of Iris is the writers have just really phoned it in with her. She's Barry's love interest, but beyond that, they really don't know what to do. Oh, I mean, she's literally only, she's never failed uh, throughout the course of the series. I mean, she's basically the running a media empire now and you know, how does how this happen you know <laughs> i want to know how she goes from being a blogger to like, like the most read website like on you know Seriously. in the world like yeah. within like a few years like the side yeah. characters who were excellent this season so the side characters who were who were who were good and kind of being the spine were all put with her storyline in my opinion i think allegra did a really excellent job and when they had the allegra centric episode again she did a really excellent job there too we had the kind of there was this you know kind of weird annoying i can't even remember her name um character who's causing drama in the office yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah she did <laughs> great with her little like brown noser thing that was going on we had a lot of like really good work surrounding that but the whole premise of that storyline was really it was questionable we couldn't really suspend disbelief because we haven't actually seen the the progress through iris's character that would allow us to suspend disbelief on the idea of making money off a blog or whatever like right. that was really what's holding that back and again had they done the work and i'm talking a small amount of work to be honest mm. like had they done a little bit of storyline tweaks back a couple seasons ago this you know now we're suddenly the the voice of the news right now 
trial could have been really interesting because we do want to see somebody tell Barry's story. We do want to see somebody document this. And if we did have this idea of generations and trying to set up the story for what we know to be his great, great, great grandchildren or whatever, like all of this time travel stuff makes it a little more meaningful than having somebody document this work is really important. But we're not led to believe that that's the case. We're led to believe that this is just about, you know, a, a set where somebody can call Iris boss every two seconds as a way of reminding us that she's the boss rather than showing us that she has achieved a leadership position as somebody who tells the stories because she has previously been integral in telling the stories. They've just shifted her around from first she was leading the team. Now she's telling the story again. Well, actually it's a blog and there's these petty blog wars and they won't commit to a progression. And that was the case for most of the other main characters. Again, with the exception of Caitlin, there's been some progression there, but with the side characters, I see some forward movement on actually progressing a character and maintaining that across seasons. I think we see that with Allegra. I think we see that with Chester. I think we see that with a few of the... Cecile, certainly, although her storyline is certainly one where we have to suspend so much disbelief, (laughs) but it's very engaging because she does a good job and she maintains, they maintain for her through the writing, the progress that she made the last season holds over into the upcoming seasons. I think it's why we find Joe and Cecile adorable is when they have these little silly jokes about like, well, we play dominoes. I don't know what game this is, whatever. We buy into this idea that they're kind of a familiar married couple and that they're, you know, older and that they live together and love each other. They maintain that across seasons and within seasons and for their main, you know, trio or however many it is at this point, they don't do that. And it's easy to pick on Iris because I think it is truly the worst example truly, but it is the exact same mirror image pun intended of what they've done with Barry. All right. I got two things to say. First of all, I was really angry that they had Joe like so dumb that he couldn't even understand how D&D works. Like not enjoying it is one thing, but like it's not that complicated. Okay. Like, like Joe's a smart guy, you know, like he's this really good detective or was, you know, like, I don't believe that this game is just so complicated. I can't just understand what this is, you know, but the uh, other thing that I wanted to say is I really like Allegra and I really like Chester. The forcing them together as a romantic couple felt incredibly lazy and it did feel forced rather than it's just like, oh, let's like have everybody hook up with somebody, you know, so that it's all just a bunch of couples. And I don't understand why they're doing it because I'm not here for that. I'm not feeling it as a relationship. I I like them better just just friends. And I I don't want it to be a romantic thing. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. But well, it's also like, you know, okay, let's jump ahead 10 years. Well, they got together that one night and then they never talked to each other again. D&D does that. It was after because the D&D game, and D&D, we just like had to get laid, and I was just like, "Wow, okay." And you know what's funny is that I have never experienced this as as pronounced as this particular season of The Flash, which is most seasons. I'm like, okay, you know, even a bad season of The Flash, I can get through it pretty easily, and it doesn't feel like it's a slog. It actually felt like it took from 2021 to 2031 to finish this damn season. (laughs) Like it it felt, I'm sorry, Cam, you were drinking when I said that. I'm sorry. Um, But like it, like every episode was like a six month, like, oh my God, for a show called the flash, it was the slowest, just most plotting. Like, can we please do something interesting for the love of God? And then it would do something interesting for five seconds and I'd get so excited. And then somebody would have a CW emotional breakdown and I'm like, oh, 
it it, it just no 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 and, and and yes just let chemistry develop between actor and actresses or actor and actor or actress and actress and see what the hell happens um one thing i will say was absolutely hilarious and was one of the great character moments of the season is when nora xs is technically outed or potentially <laughs> finds out that she might be bisexual like the way she reacts, she doesn't even know if she believes that she she might be gay. She's like, wait, what? I have a wife? Like, wait. And then, like, she's looking at her dad like, uh, we haven't had that conversation yet. And, um, like, that was such a funny moment. And I love the fact that Barry was like, you're my kid. I love you. And it wasn't even a thing. But the look of concern and terror on her face cracked me up so hard. I was like, this is amazing. I love this. Um, because I don't think they've brought up Nora's sexuality in they the did. past. They did, did the they previous version yeah, of yeah. Nora was like hitting on a girl at a bar in one Right, episode. right. But that was the one that died, though. That was right, the, that was the one, yes, that was one that was yeah, yeah. in existence. So yes. I didn't know if any of that had carried over or not. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, because, you know, they made it very clear that, oh, well, she's falling after mom instead of, you know, the previous version falling after dad. So I didn't know what, what carried over or not. Um, but that I thought was hilarious. And I was like, I loved everything about that moment. Um, but th those are like the moments that that work is when like you lean into a character moment and you allow them to have these the, the these breaths of oh I can actually grow as a person and, and this is the thing that I hate about what they're doing in the Flash nobody is allowed to progress in any meaningful way unless they're going to kill you off or you're leaving the show you know like like it's like I, I'm sitting there going like Carlos Valdez man he kind of jumped ship like at the exact right time right like you know Cisco was like well you're not growing me as a character anymore. Um, oh, look over here, a palm tree. And yeah, gone. every time somebody leaves the show, when Wally left the show, I understood it. When when yeah. Cisco left the show, I understood it. Like, it's, that's the thing. It's like, there should have been a plan when they introduced Wally. And there should have been a progression and an idea of when Wally takes yeah. over as the Flash. But it looked like they just wanted to introduce Wally for name recognition. They, uh, and that's exactly what they did. And then had no plan of what to do with Wally, you know. And, and so then Kenyon Lawsdale was like, I don't want to stick around and just be a you know, a bit character for four or five years. He's like, I'm out, you know? And honestly, th th I think this is speaking towards what Cammy was talking about. And it also speaks towards, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, but we have to talk about it. The difference between what DC slash WB does versus what Marvel did, which is that Marvel says, we're going to take a look at the long game. Yeah. People right now hate yeah. phase four. They're like, oh, phase four, it's so disjointed. It's not building towards anything. And I say, go look at phase one. Nothing touched each other in phase one except for Captain America. And that came out right before the event. You might be hearing the sound of my eyes rolling in the back of my head because, yeah, <laughs> I... It's like, you know, but I'm sitting here going like they're, they're taking the time to build up characters in Marvel phase mm -hmm. four. And they're like, they're letting that stuff grow and evolve and, and they're letting the pieces fall into place. If they would have done that starting in Flash season two and start to allow this to progress, it would have been such an interesting, much more fleshed out universe. And again, are we talking about this with 2020 vision looking back? Yes. However, Iron Man came out in 2008. And people started emulating these kind of storytelling techniques far further back. J. Michael Straczynski, Nathan and I, you know where I'm going with this. Babylon 5, they set up that they didn't pay off for three, four years mm -hmm. until like the fifth season. You could have done this with Flash. And when you have the entire breadth of the Flash catalog and you don't go and you mine that reservoir, you keep going back to characters that are only three or four years old from plot lines that are garbage 
and you're wondering why people are hating what you're doing, it's because you're ignoring all the good stories that have gone back decades. I, I was so happy when Bloodwork just stayed like at the Earth's <laughs> core or wherever they locked him away because <sighs> like I thought for sure they were going to bring him back. And I'm so glad that he didn't come up. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for not bringing him back. <laughs> Dude, you remember my rant about Bloodwork last year. I'm like, literally this guy's like maybe 14 months old. Like there's right. no character. Like he, he, he was a villain who showed up for like three issues and then he was gone. How yeah. are you making him like a cornerstone of this season? Like, it's just, it's annoying. I, I think this is just, uh, again, the fundamental uh, foundational problem that the CW has had with, they had it with Arrow and they had it with Flash. It kind of got better with the other um, shows, but it's, it, this goes to the casting. This goes to bringing in Wally and so forth. Is And they, I, they create these shows with the, they create Flash and Arrow, I believe, with the literal belief that they weren't going to get three seasons. Right. Like they were like, yeah, yeah. So we got to throw everything in there because there's no way a flash show is going to make it past season three. And so then what happens is, is yeah, they, they cast Iris because, you know, it's no big deal by season three, we'll throw them together. End of series wrap up. And then they end up going, okay, well, we're getting a, a, a sixth season guys. I, I guess we got to find some way to make this work. And they, they, it's like Supergirl had the same problem. Superman, yeah. a Supergirl, Arrow and Flash all suffered from that that same dynamic. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I get that. I mean, but but getting back to Armageddon, here's the thing for me, and this kind of speaks to a <laughs> Oh bigger... my God, are we still in the first five episodes? <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Just let me say this one thing, because it speaks to the whole season also. This show, these writers, even though they've had multiple head writers, so I don't get how it just keeps happening, they don't understand how to do a time travel story. Like, at all. Like... So the idea is, okay, so I like the premise, the basic premise of the reverse Flash has gone back in time and rearranged things so that he becomes the Flash. Because we know he's like this, this super fan that, that was such a fan of the Flash and was upset. Because I think they actually even give that whole story this season that Sorry, we never yeah. actually got, that he was like the biggest Flash fan. And when the Flash didn't see him as like this great person, he completely like flipped and got mad and was like, fine, then I'm just going to beat you. And so it's like this idea of him even subsuming the Flash and I am the Flash now, Maha, like seems like a great like, you know, idea of like, this is something that Thawne would do because he is this Uber fan that wants to be this guy that he idolized and can't stand that he was rejected. But then the way they went about it, like I still don't understand how if, how Joe disappearing in a timeline that still had Barry as the Flash was the key event that made this whole like new timeline happen. Like when Barry runs into the future and it's right. like, none of that, like, I don't understand the sequence of it. And, and, and um, I forget Despero goes back in time because the flash ends the world. But then we find out that that was him rewriting the timeline. And so it's like, wait, so if Despero coming back was him seeing Barry end the world by rewriting the timeline, how does any of this like make sense as far as because Barry only went into the future because Despero came back? Like all this stuff, like none of it like made sense, like as far as like how the actual like chain of events happened. It didn't feel satisfying. And it just annoyed me at the end of it because it was like there were some great ideas there. But at the end, it was just like hand wave plot, hand wave plot, hand wave plot. And I just no. Every time you're not satisfied, it's a metaphor they want you to empathize with iris it's intentional they i they, knew where you were going with that <laughs> i will give them credit for one thing which is that they had the stones to throw joe in front of a train like that i was like when, when, like 
I was sitting there going like, wait, how did Joe die? And like, you just see him, boom. And I'm like, oh, somebody just threw his ass in front of a train. And I it was like, okay. It me that-, that they never convinced me that Joe was actually dead because as soon I know, as right? Barry started questioning yeah. it, I was like, no, that's the story. Everyone else thinks that Joe is dead, but Barry's going to end up being right. Whereas if it was actually a thing of, they let you go through several episodes in the season without seeing Joe, and then they just mm-hmm. sort of reveal Joe had died like in between seasons, and, right. and everybody knows that, then it would have been like, oh my God, you know, like they killed off Joe in between seasons, you know, like I, that would have hit hard, but like this, I was like, yeah, no, Barry's questioning it. So of course it's going to turn out to be some either time travel thing or a memory wipe thing or some kind of thing, and, you know, like, so I, I never bought that Joe was dead. And I, so it kind of lost any meaning because it didn't, I didn't buy it. I still like that they threw him in front of a train. <laughs> that was funny. But other than that, I am very iris. I, I, I feel very unfulfilled. That, by the way, that's my metaphor now. I'm taking a cami, so that's my... You are iris I love the I love the verbification of iris I'm, I'm very unfulfilled. But but even like the thing with excess and um and uh, uh uh Bart going back in time, and I thought, okay, they're doing this whole thing with like Iris's timeline is screwed up, and I'm like, it's gonna somehow dovetail back into them going back in time, and they didn't quite put things right when they left, and that's gonna be what causes this time sickness or whatever. But that apparently that whole episode and them not quite getting things right never mattered at all because they didn't yep. even come back to it and was like, I guess it was just there because they liked the actors, but at the same time, it was like I thought that this was gonna have some meaning. I mean, I got to see Jay Garrick again, so that's always good. Honest to God, that was actually one of the better episodes of the season because yeah. it did something that they have forgotten about, which is they can do more or less standalone episodes. Yeah, and a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah, like they could just have fun. Like the Flash does not always, he's not Batman, you know? Like it's not always life or death. Like sometimes it's just the Royal Flush Gang trying to rob a bank, you know? And they found a new way of getting past him because. They, they figured out the sewer system or something, you know, like it doesn't have to be these stakes like you can have because then it gives you 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 have a B plot of, OK, well, I'm a superhero, but then your A plot can be we can actually grow as characters. Oh, wait, the Royal Flesh Gang thing that happened this season, right? When they came back. And also they happened this season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, 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 so I was frustrated, but I'm sorry. This is such a minor thing, but this made me so <laughs> mad. Like the solution should have been that he moves faster than the mind reader could read his mind. Right. But instead they made it some convoluted thing if he thought a lie or something and she bought the lie when I'm like, but she's a mind reader, so she should know that you're like, like whatever it was, it was something where I'm like, that's not what it should be. It should be like, he moves so he moves faster than you can think. Yeah. So even though you know what he's going to do, you can't defend against it. And that wasn't the solution. And I was just like, this is, this is dumb. I, I don't. <laughs> Nathan. Yeah. Barry's faster than a bullet, but not an arrow. So, I mean, don't try and understand. You know? All right, an arrow he was not paying attention to. I will still like say I, like. I, and this. also, but let's be fair. If anybody like that, that's that's how you you know make arrow into Batman. Is that you just wait for? Okay, we're going to start the fight. You ready to fight? Boom! Oh, you got an arrow with you. You're like, why? We didn't start yet. There ain't no rules in a fight. I <laughs> know. I love. I love Oliver's whole like treatment. Like the people you're fighting aren't going to be fair, Barry. You got to get used to people fighting dirty. I love that. You know, like that's a, that's totally a Batman move. You know, and I love that Arrow is essentially Batman. Like in a world where they can't make Batman happen, he's Batman. You know? and I'm like, yeah. All right. So, so one of the things that really excited me this season was the news that they were bringing back Robbie and Eddie. You know, because they they touted that. They touted that. Like, they're coming back. And I was like, oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. I'm here for this. I have been wanting Eddie to come back 
as having been changed or altered in some ways, um, you know, after he died, because he got sucked up into the vortex thing. So I'm like, after he shot himself. So I'm like, anything could have happened. It's a comic book right. series, you know, give him powers. He comes back. He sees that Barry took Iris and he gets kind of like upset about that. You know, that it's like here I like did the sacrifice and it seems like everybody's moved on. Nobody even remembers me. Like I, I'm really mad, you know, like that would be a perfect motivation. And then Robbie, I was like, oh my God, I've wanted Robbie back like the like let's start healing caitlin by having rob instead they reversed it robbie's the one that's changed like utterly and like eddie's just like <laughs> eddie's just like a fragment or a figment or whatever it's just like i don't know i felt like they they gave me again something that could have been like really cool and wonderful and they and they they screwed it up so i don't know how everybody else feels about that but i felt like both of their returns were really wasted um uh, yeah. Thoughts on that, Sean? Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, um, you decide, okay, we're going to bring back Eddie. And I'm like, cool. Maybe the fawn hatred of the Flash. Because, again, we've never really gotten, like, the full why, you know, like, even now, we still don't, like, they, they talk about him being a super fan, but, like, we've never gotten that interaction. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this is the way you do it. Like, the fawn secretly hate the Flash. And, like, it's handed up, my great, great grandpappy. He had to fight the dog. Oh, well, he had that was to the other thing. The I wanted to fix the... the reverse Flash's timeline by reestablishing right. Eddie because I was like, then that helps fix all yeah. this time travel crap. This... Right, right. You know, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, and and no, that 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 sucked. And I'm like, all right, fine. It's like, oh, but we're gonna get you know Ronnie back. All right, cool. So now we're gonna have like this thing where Caitlin is gonna have you know an emotional uh 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 springwell and she's gonna be like oh my god like i can i can have happiness in my life and whatnot and then they write out caitlin stowe and killer frost is left behind you know and so that way daniel panabaker does have to play two of the best characters on the show um because seriously by the way when you one of your leads has to play two of your best characters because you're not doing good writing for the rest of your characters you're screwing up okay well, it's like they've been doing this because Tom Cavanaugh had to play like five of their best characters for a while. So like... <laughs> it's true, you know, and then what I thought was hilarious is that then she started directing episodes, too, and her episodes are actually pretty well directed. And it's yeah. like, OK, so she's playing two roles. She's a, basically Danielle Panabaker runs the Arrowverse now. She's carrying the show on her back. And we also she, she was she was at Dragon Con and so was a couple of the other uh, female mm -hmm. cats. So the person who plays Cecile and the person who plays Allegra were also there. And they were talking about how behind the scenes, she also coaches the other female actresses. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think probably with the exception of Candace, but that's mm -hmm. a story for another day. <laughs> she coaches them. She has allowed them to shadow her while she's directing. She's coached Allegra in, or the person who plays Allegra, whatever mm -hmm. her name is, I don't know. She's coached her in writing her own short film, directing, and eventually I think she's either did or is about to direct an episode of the flash herself she's she is doing some heavy heavy lifting for this show i i think it's interesting to your question nathan regarding the introduction of eddie and ronnie back into this i, I think it was an attempt to enrich both of those character storylines we're supposed to see a little bit of enrichment there with iris because she's not able to be with barry and you know you, you got to bring some kind of intrigue in there for her and she and eddie had really good chemistry back in season one not great, but really good. We'll, we'll give it a three out of five. And then Ronnie and Caitlin, that was obviously very heartwarming. And they got their little flashback and it was all very cute. The flashbacks were great. That was the best yeah. part of the whole so thing. So cute. Really beautiful. But it, it I, I think of the two, the one that ended up being done well 
was the firestorm introduction because it actually measurably moved something forward. We got to move Caitlin and Killer Frost, mostly Caitlin, more into this direction of desperation and feeling like she's constantly experiencing loss and being willing to do slightly selfish or villainy or dark things in order to avoid experiencing loss or having to go through long extended periods of loss. And that, that sets us up for what we eventually see at the end of the season where, you know, she's gone this long heartbroken over Ronnie being gone and she's never able to really heal from it. And now she's about to be heartbroken over the loss of essentially her sister, killer frost Mm -hmm. that's how she functions in this space and she doesn't want to go through that many years of it so we we're actually moving something with a character and with one of our main characters which is what this show has really struggled to do of moving a main character forward so i did find that successful albeit kind of difficult to watch because it is it is exhausting to watch caitlin go through this same here's a guy i like him because I'm the sweet, soft-hearted one. I'm going to be heartbroken again. It's kind of exhausting. It's a bit much. It's kind of a meme on the show. I don't know, whatever. But it had a ramification that didn't just have to do with romance. So I appreciated that because not only is she having to carry kind of the romantic piece, she also, Caitlin and Killer Frost are the literal only female friendship on the show. The only female friendship that is meaningful is between them. Everything else is a boss employee or coworker or whatever. And and, you know, God forbid Iris and Caitlin be friends as like yeah, throughout right. this whole, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, maybe those, maybe that's really who can't be in the same room. I don't really know, but <laughs> because, because they were able to translate it into something that meant something for the character and not just the romance that was more successful. Yeah. yeah I think Allegra and, and Caitlin, like when they're able to like talk with each other, they usually have some pretty good stuff, but I also like Allegra and, and Camille becoming like, 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 kind of, like, you could see, like, they're starting to have, like, their bromance. And I'm, like, I- I'm really digging that. Like, you know, I, I want to see more of this. But, again, l- look at how much we're talking about our, our backup characters, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, exactly. but, but with Caitlin, though, um, the one thing I really disliked about Ronnie coming back is she immediately went back into the, just, the, the season one. Like, the, one of my biggest problems of this entire season is that let us talk about the lessons we learned seven years ago. Like, they're going through the exact same problems. Like, the whole point that Caitlin Snow is withdrawn and, 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 and she's cold and she's not, you know, going to, you know, let anybody in and so on and so forth. As soon as the potential for Ronnie to be there shows up, everybody else is secondary. She has no internal growth. The last seven years didn't happen. Oh, I have this boyfriend that I might like. No, screw him. He, he has no purpose. I don't even no understand why they life. brought him into it because it's like he barely registers as anything. And then it's like, nope, I you're gone you know yeah. and, and they, they do all this and like and then she gets like so emotionally invested in, i gotta bring ronnie back there's no other answer ronnie's gonna come back because i wouldn't use the mirror gun because that's how mirror clones work they fall apart after a few hours that's always been how it works Skiller frost cannot have another body because of the mirror clone gun that's not how it works literally one of my notes in my rant list is that's not how the mirror technology works it doesn't work that way we're gonna i'm sorry i'm yelling in people's ears right now 
Um, I, I, I gotta say though, I was surprised because I thought because they showed us the future where Killer Frost is in the future, but like they yeah. don't even mention Caitlyn. I thought I I was pretty sure they were gonna kill one of them off, but I thought they were gonna kill off Caitlyn and we right. were gonna be left with Killer Frost because because I felt like oh the writers think Caitlyn is boring and so you know, but Killer Frost is of course interesting and that's what they're gonna do is kill her off. So I was a little surprised. I realized that Daniel Panabaker was pregnant again, and so that's probably factored into well the makeup and everything is really hard on her. Her when she's pregnant and you know everything and yeah and and they did a really poor job of shooting around the pregnancy where it was really obvious how pregnant she was several times this season where i was like guys this is not like a new thing like plenty of shows have done this before and done like a good job like not really accentuating the baby that bump. painter's smock that killer frost <laughs> yeah. wore oh no the one i loved was when she showed up and she had the jacket but it was just open and so, like, at one point, they do, like, a profile shot of her, and clearly they're trying to hold the belly. They're trying to hide the belly by having the, um, the, 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 the I forget what you call it, but the actual, the, the, the part that would overlap of the coat just flaring out like it has a mind of its own. Like, it's just 90 degrees out from her body. Like, <laughs> Killer Frost laying in a coffin, obvious baby bump, like, in there. And I'm like, are they trying to tell us that Killer Frost was pregnant when she died? Because that's even darker. <laughs> okay, so Nathan, when the body dies, it starts to decompose and create gases, and she was holding in a killer fart. Okay, so... Okay, but what if they had actually explored that? What if they had actually explored Caitlin Snow slash Killer Frost having to share a body but being pregnant or only mm. one of them is pregnant? That could have been an interesting kind of... You know, the Flash is quirky. They like to play with these, like, science-y things. She's a bio-something-whatever scientist. Like, that could have been a really fun thing for them to explore, and then they would not have had to cover up her pregnancy. I mean, you could even do some sort of, like, she doesn't know who the father is is because death storm and this out of the like <laughs> you can make it very soapy which you know romance and comics is very soap opera ish sure, like that's yeah. that's their bread and butter they really could have played with that i i was surprised yeah. they didn't but but the eddie thing is what really bothered me because it didn't even work the way like everything else that death storm tried to do was to try to like get people to accept like this is your like loved one you know back and everything but like eddie instantly turns to like sinister angry eddie and it's just <laughs> like what like this isn't even trying to convince iris of anything like it's so obviously not eddie and just like somebody talking with an Eddie face. And I'm just like, not, they, they got no mileage out of Eddie returning. And that just like made me really mad because it was like, yeah. there's so much you could do with that act. Like he's he's a decent actor. Um, but honestly, like Death Storm slash Eddie slash all of the dead people's theme song should have just been every time you see them, you just hear that CW. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like that should have been there. Like they literally are the living embodiment of cw <laughs> and i never realized it because death storm has been around for a while mm -hmm. um but like I i've never translated it like on the page as just how much of a look his like he's ripping off from ghost rider until i saw <laughs> him on the show and i was like holy crap he really is just a ghost rider ripoff i mean he's literally like bad emotions and and what the crap you know and i just i, I could not believe it and then they had the audacity. First off, Death Storm is part of a storyline called Blackest Night, which is a Green right. Lantern storyline. And like they had the audacity for Allegra to try to come up with some Spanish superstition. As a Latino, I was morally offended by this. I'm like, we do not have a Blackest Night. We have the Day of the Dead where we all, like, okay, we technically that's more Mexican than, than, than Puerto Ricans, but still, like, they, they celebrate death. It is not like a dark, bad thing. And they're like, oh, we have the blackest night. No, we don't. We ain't got no blackest night. There ain't no black. We don't even have any brightest days. All right? Like, what did stop?
Stop it. You're not like, handed no. a ring on your 13th birthday, Sean. So that you can oh my God. <laughs> like I wanted to reach like strangle them on that one. Like, what? No, you are not making Blackest Night into some you know quasi-Hispanic made-up holiday just so that way you can work in that you have death storm. No, you stole it, you ripped it off, own it. Don't just sit here. Mm. Okay. I told you I have notes. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to get back to Green Lantern, but just hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I do want to <laughs> say, okay, so we start this whole storyline with Caitlin wanting to bring Taylor Frost back. And Barry freaking Allen has the audacity to come into her apartment to say, nah, there's too much potential for you. Not going to investigate her work, not being like, hey, can you share your research? Like, let's talk about this. Let's make sure everything's Nothing. going well. Like, I'm just going to blow everything up in super speed because I can. And then I'm not even going to check up on you. Uh, like, you know, like. This is because Barry is a villain. Right. I know. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> like, but it's so tone deaf for everything else that tries to tell us that like Barry is this like great guy that he just like wrecks like caitlin's like dream and then like somebody else has to like check up i can't remember did somebody else told him to check up on her later or something where it's like it's not even like he's concerned about how has this affected her like emotionally or anything and i'm just like this is like like they really like because we talk about barry being a villain it's always like through him doing something stupid unintentionally this seemed like really intentional like really arch and it was just like how did the writers not see this that this is like awful how do you go to your best friend's house realize that this person is going through profound grief Mm -hmm. sit there and and just immediately without looking at their science without looking at their research without doing anything that could potentially illuminate what they're trying to do and help you empathize with them again you're the flash you're basically the avatar of hope which by the way he's always the avatar of hope they screwed that up he's the avatar of love my ass but anyways (laughs) so like that's a whole nother brand but so like he he just goes in and he just in like two seconds decides you know what i'm just going to generate electricity and wreck all of your proprietary crap this is her stuff her money just take if you're going to be a jerk take the mirror gun and go home don't wreck up her entire like blows up her whole apartment and then he was like man it sucks to be you and leaves <laughs> yeah why did you clean up the mess he made yeah. i was like what? oh my god the least he could have done is clean up the mess you know like, if you walk into my house and make a moral judgment over a choice that i've made wreck up my entire home and say i love you bro i'll see you later and then go back to wisconsin i'm coming for you dude <laughs> like i am coming for you and I think that's what they want. I think they want us to expect that now Caitlin's going to be going after him, potentially also, you know, resurrecting Killer Frost. And then we're going to get this sort of like Caitlin Killer Frost versus Barry situation, which is honestly not the worst storyline they could have yeah. come up with. I think the problem with the scene that we're all talking about is that it shows so much character reversion for Barry, which he hasn't had growth. So there's not much reversion to go. But Back in season one, when he was making these selfish choices of like, oh, I want to go hug my mommy one more time. So I'm going to potentially kill the family who raised me and or kill the people who actually love the family who raised me or whatever. There's there's this inherent selfishness in it where he's making the world a worse place so he can feel better. This is why he's a villain, right? Where Caitlin is stepping in is she's trying to, yes, do something to make herself feel better. That's the only reason she's bringing Killer Frost back. It's not so Killer Frost can somehow make the world better, but she is not hurting yet. She is not hurting anybody in the process of doing it. So it's this very hypocritical thing where even if we're to pretend that these two actions are 
equal. He should have some empathy for her because he's done the same thing. He's destroyed John Diggle's child. He's done all over the course of the year so many things that would have been very comparable to her that we should have seen him empathize with her, talk with her about it, and bond. But of course, they can't do that because they can't have these two have kind scenes together because they have too much chemistry. Despite that, this whole face-off had more sexual chemistry than the entire rest of The Flash <laughs> combined. Like, toxic or not, there was still yeah. something going on there. You know what? They should have just rolled into it like two seasons ago and just Caitlin be like, hey, Barry, you want to jump in the closet? No, I'm married. Like, make that a plot point. Like, just right. roll into it. Like, because at least then you give all the actors and actresses something to do can you imagine yeah. joe going you have betrayed iris and iris is like how do i deal with this betrayal you know and then wally shows back up and he's like all zen and stuff and he's like i've lost my zen. i mean you could have totally and you could have had like a division of teeth and of course everyone that caitlin dates is either a villain or die so either you right. kill off barry and get wally or barry becomes the villain and you get wally either way you get wally right <laughs> I like that we've basically just written like four or five seasons of The Flash that objectively would have been better than the last four seasons of The Flash. 100%. There was a flashback. You guys remember, just for, it was, I don't know, it was a flashback. He was in the Speed Force. There was some like that happened a few seasons back where he's like seeing all these visions while he's going crazy. And he sees this vision of like Caitlin holding a baby. Do you guys remember that? And they yes. kind of like plugged it as like a little teaser of like, Ooh, is this like what happened in this other universe? And it was like her and Firestorm's baby or something. I don't even remember, mm. but that could have been, you know, you could have played into this idea of like, Oh, Caitlin's going to have a kid eventually. Whose is it going to be? Oh, she's pregnant. We don't know who it is. Like there's all kinds of like soapy things that we would all roll our eyes at but we would be interested in we would it would be entertaining we would have at least been laughing and like okay this is really cheesy but i'm about it and that was the vibe of the flashback in season one and that's what they were trying to do and they have abjectly failed to do so since then because they won't take those risks or do those juicy things like if you're gonna be on the cw and you're gonna have this kind of like toxic crappy riverdale-esque you know energy throughout you at least can make it delicious at least give me something like bad to look forward to anyway like, like in the middle of the season you could have had a moment where Deathstorm actually convinces iris that she wants eddie and she's mm -hmm. like you know what you're right my relationship with barry has been nothing but toxic and crazy and i'm gonna be with you eddie and he's gonna be like what seriously and then caitlin is no longer going to be the avatar of death storm and then caitlin's like oh my god like that's all out of my head right now and barry's like i don't feel my connection anymore and then she just reaches her hand over and she goes you got me <laughs> and like we would have all lost our crap and like what the hell are they smoking in the writer's room but you know what we would have showed up for the next episode oh yeah <laughs> totally been there for it i would have been parked with wine and popcorn for that next episode <laughs> like are you guys watching this this is terrible i can't wait and i hate to keep comparing it to arrow but arrow really is i mean that these shows were like sister brother shows i mean like yeah. they were they were siblings and arrow was not afraid to shake up the status quo like, you know, like they changed things. They changed significant things about the show several different times over the course of that series to spark interesting interactions, to change where characters were and, and you know, and how they interacted with each other. The Flash feels like we're still in the, okay, we're at Star Labs and somebody's manning the desk and Barry's running and they're having the conversation. And they still haven't fixed and... the damn third pylon eight <laughs> years later. Fix the damn pylon. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Oh God. So, so, okay. We're going to, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Sue Dearborn, 
who I uh, absolutely adore. Uh, and I think Natalie Dreyfus is amazing. And I feel like while she was better than she was last season, I feel like we're still kind of like, we don't know what to do with this character. So she's just going to be this kind of like... <laughs> I don't know. She's like this sort of like power mover in society, which is who Sue Dearborn is in the comics, but I'm still not. It's like she gets saddled with Iris, <laughs> you know, and it's just like I felt like there was more we could have done with. If we're going to have Sue, I want Sue to be there in a big way and not to just be like Iris's chaperone when she's in another city. I, I, I don't know. I just they really need to recast Ralph is sort of my like thesis on this whole thing. And I, I, yeah, they do. I want them to do something with that before the show ends. But, but beyond that, I feel like even if they're just going to have Sue, they could have done better than just Irish's chaperone. They could have well, given her more than her shtick too, as well. Like we've already seen Sue's shtick. We like it. I'll watch it. You know, like it's still in most episodes where she appears, it is still one of the best parts, but I wish they had kind of like moved beyond that and given her a little bit more meat of a storyline to work with rather than, as you said, just Iris's chaperone. I get why they made that decision though. Like Iris does need somebody who's a really strong, good scene partner to kind of like be there and give some witty one-liners and also be right and also be interested and like make us want to watch those scenes instead of skip them when I want to skip them anyways. But like, if we had got to see a storyline that was truly Sue's and designed for her and not just designed for Iris, I think that would have really enhanced mm. this. And maybe have Iris be the one who's sort of chaperoning her or monitoring her story or trying to tell her story and see Iris tell somebody's story who's not Barry based on the fact that Iris isn't present very much, maybe that would have been a good, like, borderline side character move. We've already had Ninja Sue in season six when she first debuted. That's so right. what about a story where Iris is investigating something with, and Sue is investigating it, they end up meeting up and like, oh, you're looking into this? Well, I'm looking into this too. And then we have Ninja Sue helping Iris get into places where Iris couldn't get normally and stuff like that. And it's more of like a clandestine sort of like, you know, more in the line of like the typical like superhero reporter like you know character where like they do dangerous things because the thing that iris does tends to be all that dangerous when she's doing any of this report other than the fact that like some suddenly people will come after her but she doesn't like sneak into places and do like the really like you know like really exciting dangerous sort of yeah no reporter in the real world is actually like this but this is a superhero comic so reporters do this and i don't know i i just feel like have them wear hot cat suits go undercover maybe <laughs> kiss you know go crazy right. <laughs> but that's I like how Cammy slid. No, no, hold on. Did you notice that Cammy just slid in and make them kiss? Right. Like she just kind of like just like a little like a little writer's note. Like Am I wrong? Like I mean, no. Riverdale would have done it, <laughs> right? You know, but no. I mean, seriously, like that would require you to have Iris actually be a reporter okay. and actually want to go and like try to report something. You know, right. and I mean, it wouldn't have been that hard. All you have to do is have her ass show up. Like seriously. Look okay. at the first Superman. You, you have Lois running around doing all these stories, and then they find a way to interweave her into Superman's life. Mm. At the beginning of Superman 2, woman knows that there's an atomic bomb at the top of the Eiffel Tower, and her ass is underneath the elevator going to the top of the Like, I could never imagine Iris doing that. But can you imagine, like, like Iris and, like, Sue showing up for that? That would have been amazing. Um, and also, by the way, just for the rest of like the, the podcast, we will not be referring to Iris's storyline as a, as a story. It'll be called The Mystery, um, which is meh story. 
um, because that's what her story is. It's meh, all right? And and whenever it's just Iris, her mystery is terrible. Um, but She's with, not with even Sue. a good boss. Her no. solution, like, I'm going to put this person who has no experience in charge of these people with experience, and I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to, like, go sit in my desk, and when she comes to me and says, hey, they're being insubordinate, I'm going to be like, you fix it, meh. You know, yeah, like, be, be like, a boss. <laughs> You know what? I honestly started thinking, wait, is she still a mirror Iris? Like right. I, in the back of my head, I started going, is she somehow still mirror Iris? And we just don't know it. Like that would have been an interesting twist, right? Like somehow she's still stuck and she's not really who she is. Like that would have been an interesting, compelling thing. Just let her be the villain for an entire damn season. Right. And like, you just don't know it. it, okay. it just, mm. so Ryan. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to hear about Ryan. Cause Ryan's been so patient. I'm sorry. And Ryan, it's sort of rare for you to be the meek one in a panel. <laughs> so like, <laughs> why don't you tell us how you feel about some of these things that we've been talking about? Cause I feel bad seeing you sit there. It looks like you're taking notes or something. Uh, uh, playing Wordle. You know? <laughs> wait, wait, but did you, but did you win? Did you, did you, beat them while you were four moves (laughs) (laughs) now one does not go into a podcast with sean about the flash and expect you know (laughs) did get a word in edgewise yeah yeah no i mean yeah um and uh, really as far as sue's concerned i don't really have have that much to say that's fine yeah yeah um I, i will say but i mean just to jump back real quick to i feel like barry's character he you know, Kimmy mentioned that there was some um, reversion for Barry uh, a little bit in the season. I wouldn't even say it was that. I would say it's, it's just true to form because, like, Barry has always been a do as I say, not as I do mm-hmm. character uh, the, the entire series. He learned that from Oliver. Maybe. You know, but, but but the consequences are uh, quite a bit higher. Right. But um, but his, his relationship with, with – I feel like, yeah, they pretty much destroyed um, his relationship with, with Frost and uh, – uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on her name? Caitlin. Um, Caitlin? Caitlin. Thank you. I, 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 yeah, Pan Baker. I all of the rest of her names except that one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, uh, but they they did it cleverly. They the writers manipulated us into it because they started with the whole you know oh Ronnie's back and if it was Iris you know you would do this you would do this Barry and like she won that argument because she was right. Uh, they would do that and then of course she ended up being wrong and they'd set that up so that way to immediately have us dis oh look look she made one mistake once so therefore we can't trust her that she can bring back frost to justify barry's overreaction his his hissy fit his tantrum his you know two-year-old that's exactly what it was it was a hissy fit ryan you nailed it right on the head it was a flash hissy right because this whole show has always been about science. Like they've always paid lip service to science, 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 science. Yeah. Well, in science, you need to review data before you pass any kind of judgment. And it's like Barry, I like I am so mad that he didn't even look at the research and do any kind of like it was just like yeah. she just told him the basic idea of what she was doing. And no, 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 you can't do that. It's not gonna work. It's gonna cause problems. And just boom. I mean, it's literally like Barry's gonna come in. No, I I'm the ultimate authority here. I'm destroying everything. And then like an episode or episode two or later he's like well i'm gonna go check out the block and just give it a second opinion and see you know if i sign off on on the science here you know it's like are you serious <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it just it just it felt like this whole season was designed to yeah tear apart eight years worth of history between the characters and and it just it, that's the closest I, i've always rolled my eyes at barry's hypocrisy but that's the at that point in time i hated him 
at yeah. that moment in time, I literally hated Barry Allen and, and for what he did right there. Right, because every time we say Barry is the villain, it's kind of with a wink and a smile. Yeah. But this was actually a villainous move. I've never winked or smiled in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> this was a true, like, evil, horrible thing he did. Like, this is like a whole nother level for anything else he's done before in this show. He literally could have brought in Chester or even Cisco or right. yeah you know, anyone is just just to look at it and yeah you know I don't whether the mirror gun would have worked or not it, it's CW I mean Cisco can build a handheld device that opens dimension you know, opens alternate you know gateways to alternate universes I'm sure that they just happened to have another piece of technology which when combined with the mirror gun would have made the mirror clones you know stable uh, whatever that they, they could that hand wave they can hand that away but they need to actually do the diligence. Chester could have solved that problem in five minutes. Any problem that Barry would have found with the process, and he would have Chester, done it yeah. with a with a thrown away toaster and like But you know, rewinding for a second though, I I, I did want to I I have a series of notes here that I want to read okay. as a stream of thought okay. on the rewatch here. Okay, um, when they start talking about Deathstorm and they start talking about what he's doing, at one point Cecile literally yells out. Grief is an emotion. And I wrote, get the F out of town. Grief <laughs> is an emotion? No, that is what basically, next? that is people shooting at the Enterprise and Deanna looking at the captain. I feel they're hostile, captain. <laughs> like, you, I did not need that to be explained to me. And so then they say, if we plug Cecile up to our scanners, you'll have irreparable brain damage. Uh, you think? Because you can't brain plug to people's brains and not expect irreparable brain damage. Like, duh. Then I also wrote down Iris's plot is dumb. They're trying to figure out a way to have time travel in this without actually talking about time traveling. They're basically mining the worst parts of the modern Flash. Um, oh, and again, for like the ninth time in the show's like history, Iris has no future. Again. Yay. Then I just wrote down Hellfrost. Really? Hellfrost? Then this is where I lost my shit. I literally wrote down, honestly, I think the reason why some of this season really angered me is some of the randomly gobbledygook that they put into some of these seasons were so much worth. Like, at one point, they try to save Killer Frost by injecting her with cold fusion. Like, <laughs> that's not how cold fusion works, okay? <laughs> yeah, I was losing it with that one, too. No, I was like, we're, we're just using a word rather than, like... Oh my yeah, God. any concept they could have said they could have injected her with concentrated dark matter particles or with her own blood cells or but no they chose the word cold fusion and then as always a character has a huge growth spurt like killer frost has had and they nuke the character it's almost like paint by numbers i mean literally they did a whole episode called funeral for a friend that is ripping off a superman title and i'm just like can you please please just stop it Stop it. Even though I did like the fact that they took an entire season where death was the bad guy. But like, I look at like the Buffy episode where like the mom dies. That's how you handle grief. And you look at this and it's like, Iris. And she's like, meh. And they're like, Allegra, meh. <laughs> With the, the I, th I think it was the episode where um, Fast Track narrated at the very, did the, the, did the opening. And she says something along the lines of like, you know, uh, this, this is just, Emblem endemic of of science in this entire series, but she says something along the lines of like all atoms are perfectly balanced between electrons and uh you know and I'm like are you did yes. you not know what an ion is I mean <laughs> you're you're right. you're a freaking yeah you know, scientist who built a 
you know, negative force generator. And then later on, I think it's that same episode, Barry says, Barry, when, when she, she hits him with lightning, he later on says, that didn't feel like when I'm hit with organic lightning. And I'm like, what, yeah, right? <laughs> what the heck is organic? There is no definition of organic that lightning applies to. You know? I, 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 I don't know. That's when I kind of completely gave up. pesticides. <laughs> right, you know, like <laughs> vegan lightning. Right, like, no, we only like ethically sourced lightning. We can't have unethically sourced lightning. You know, like, I mean, seriously. Oh, oh, I, I mean, we haven't gotten to the fast track stuff yet, but when fast track decides she needs a little boost of electricity, she just summons it from the sky like she Shazam. And I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like, what, what does that have to do with any kind of speed force that's like regular lightning that's produced by like you know voltage differential and clouds and stuff and it's just like yeah like oh my god like and one of my biggest gripes was they keep saying stuff that they have written in previous seasons like i can't tell you how many times when i was re-watching the season where i said nora said that in season five and 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 and, and jay said this in season this and i'm like oh like like, like you could literally it was so paint by numbers they, it's almost like they got like an AI that watched all the other seasons of The Flash and then it just spit out a plot line with a script of, of other lines from previous seasons and they just put it together. Hey, Sean, that's what you don't realize. The new head of Warner Brothers Discovery as a cost savings measure has decided to replace all of the writers with an AI that just like produces Flash episodes based on previous episodes. However, my favorite line that absolutely was written by an AI is this, which is the Still Force episode. The future sometimes gets stuck until it becomes part of the past. <laughs> does that like, beat, seriously? Does that beat hashtag feminist? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in this particular case, I think so. You know, that's a that's a really strong contender. You've offered there in worst TV lines of all time. <laughs> And they got the guy who plays Dion to actually say that with a straight face. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Can, can we finally talk about the concept of a negative speed force? All right, all right, hold on, hold on just one second. Hold on just one second. We're going to talk about the finale in a second. I, I do have oh. to take. So, first of all, I do have to say I absolutely cheer every time that David Ramsey is on my screen as John Diggle. And it was no different this season. <laughs> but then, then. The way that they treated this whole thing that they've been teasing that Diggle is going to become Green Lantern and they have leaned into it and they and see, this is the only thing I could think. I can only think that they thought they were going to get canceled like a couple years ago because this is the only reason that they would have done this knowing that DC was like we're doing this new Green Lantern show on HBO. And they're like, you're not going to have David Ramsey as Green Lantern on on these Arrow shows, right? And but it's like they they tried to tease it as long as they could. They drew it out. They had this whole thing with Diggle, kind of like last year, where it was all like this Diggle crossover with him, like talking about right. this green box he found, and then go to this year, and he's like. I got to find out what this green box is. And then Vaughn is like, oh man, this is like the best thing ever, man. You got to have that thing. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to have it. And then it's just like, that's it. That's the story. You know, it's just like, like after they teased it for so long. I like, literally have a note right here that says when he goes, why wasn't the box open for the last two years? And I was like, nobody had green lit your show yet. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why it hasn't opened up is because the rioters haven't green lit your show. If they had green lit your show, you better believe that box would have opened up by now. But nobody is willing to go for a John Green Lantern, which is crazy 
because that would be an amazing show. <laughs> as long as it actually happened in space. If it all happened on Earth, I'd be so pissed well, off. Well, that's the thing. You know, in a CW budget, that's what it was going. Like, if they had even done it, yeah. it would have been like Diggle's Green Lantern powers. He uses his Green Lantern powers to make guns. And he oh. shoots guns. And they're green guns with green bullets. And that's all it is. You know, it's just like... Even though there actually is a Green Lantern, uh, he's a, he's a more modern Green Lantern. He was actually the first Arabic Green Lantern that they brought in, and um, he actually does carry a gun with him. And the Green Lanterns, when they start training, they're like, "Why are you carrying around a gun? You have the most powerful weapon in the universe." And he literally holds up the ring and he goes, "Can this thing run out?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he was like, "That's why you have a backup." And at one point, he's actually doing space cop stuff with other Green Lanterns, and like their rings start running out of juice, and he just pulls out his gun and just shoots the bad guy. And he was like, you always have a backup piece. <laughs> and he kind of proves his point. I'm like, this would be a John Diggle move, right? John right, Diggle yeah, would yeah, always yeah. have a backup piece. Like, and they would give him crap. You have the most powerful weapon in the creation. Yeah, but I got a backup. You know, he would totally have that just waiting in his in his back hip. So I just couldn't believe like the audacity. I mean, I mean, I mean, then next week they did the Superman and Lois thing, which I also couldn't believe the audacity of them going like after two years, we're finally going to reveal this isn't even in the Arrowverse, even though it's the same freaking actor who played Superman in the Arrowverse on the same network that has the Arrowverse. But and we even talked about Crisis briefly. It's going to end <laughs> up in the Arrowverse. It I is. promise. Cross my heart. Hope to die. No, because by that point, all the other shows will be gone. So there's no incentive for them to like retcon it back into well, the Arrowverse. What that means that they can make it the Arrowverse and it doesn't matter because well, yeah. it's okay. It'll be like in the final season of The Flash or something. They're going to do something. They're going to have Tyler show up and it's going to be some sort of cross. It, 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 it'll be something. Okay. It's, it's, it, it, yeah. If they want to bring John Cryer in. Yeah, exactly. They'll maybe. <laughs> Please bring he, John he's Cryer the in. Reason. He's the reason. He Somehow he's managed to brainwash the entire world into forgetting uh, <laughs> other superheroes exist. They could somehow. still have John Cryer as the Lex of the other Earth, though, because they could just say he's the doppelganger, just like yeah. Clark's a dark doppelganger. When, when John Wesley Shipp said, I got to go have a, a dinner with President um, Luther. Did you not want to have like John Cryer show up for a moment and like, just, <laughs> like I would have loved to have seen that. Like it would have been totally out of place, but I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to see John Cryer actually sit down across the table from John Wesley's ship. That would have been amazing. Um, it's yeah. okay. The future is still in in, in in motion. So so yeah, let's get to the, the the finale of the last two episodes. And I was like, they're they're gonna do it they're actually going to give us the origin story for the reverse flash. Like this is the thing. Barry's like sees Thawne and goes crazy. And it's going to turn out this is a Thawne from like prior to any of the times Barry's met him before. And this is going to be the thing that causes Thawne to hate Barry is this is going to be the interaction. Like Thawne's going to get his memories back and he's going to be like, Hey, like, uh, you know, I love you flash. And like the flash is going to be like, ah, I killed my mom. And then that's going to be the thing that like causes the problem that then causes him to become the reverse flash. Do we get that? that do we have any kind of sensible time travel plot line here no suddenly thawne rips his face off and he's the other thawne who had just died and we tried to explain it and it doesn't make sense and it's just like what <sighs> okay i have notes okay um because again as <laughs> as always keeping up with my boy I, I read the good issues and the bad issues um that is actually a direct homage to one of the more recent not not like it's like maybe four years ago now uh cover of the flash where basically you see the old reverse flash and he's ripping off his face and it's the original reverse flash so in the new 52 there was this really horrible version of the reverse flash that they made so there's technically two wally wests there is and, I, and the only way to describe it is 
There is quote unquote old Wally West, the ginger Wally West that was around for, you know, 30 years. And then, okay, well, now that we have the Flash TV show and he was played by Kenyon Lonsdale, we have to make Wally black. And at some point they bring back original Wally. So you have basically, you know, light and dark Wally, right? You know, like however you want to refer to it. Um, so they made uh, uh, the revised version uh, of Wally, which, by the way, the difference is Wally is the redhead. Wallace, which is a, his official first name, is, is, is the African-American Wally. Wallace's dad turns out to be the reverse Flash. And at some point, people are like, we hate this version of him. We have to write him out. So there is this famous cover of the original Eobard Fawn ripping off the face of the the revised reverse flash showing that so that is a direct homage to that particular moment um i actually dig that because that was maybe one of the most horrific things i've actually ever seen on a cw show i mean that it was horrific it, <laughs> when his skin no started splitting open i was like holy hell what the hell am i looking at like that was freaking me out i was like like, like I was getting some Hellraiser vibes and I was like, this is this is dark for, for CW. Like, honestly, there should have been some blood, but I'm, I'm okay. He still ripped off his own face. Um, but the thing that messes me up is that you, you talk about the final two episodes and it's really not the final two episodes. It's like the final five episodes because not only do they introduce um, uh, the negative Flash, which we haven't even talked about, which is Nina Darwin. Um, and, and, and Nina Darwin is a horrible character from the more recent comic book universe. Um, and her literal code name in the, the modern Flash is the negative Flash, hmm. um, which is just dumb. Um, so, like, because I'm sorry, like, they, they start calling everything negative. I'm like, so she's the turtle, right? Like, that would be her power. Mm -hmm. um, and so then they're like, okay, we're going to introduce the man in the yellow tie, which honestly is one of my favorite episodes of this season because it introduces a version of Fawn that we've never gotten. And it's actually a callback to um, The Return of Barry Allen, which is a late mid-90s uh, uh, issue, or, or like three or four issues, where Wally encounters Barry Allen. And Barry has come back from the dead, but he doesn't remember everything. But he looks like Barry Allen, he talks like Barry Allen. And what you find out, it's actually Fawn, who at one point just got pummeled so hard by Barry, he bounced around through the time stream, and this is where it spit him out. Um, and when it spit him out, he had amnesia. So he could remember things like he could remember, like he had sense memory of all the things around him. So he could remember things like Barry Allen and Wally West, but he couldn't remember himself. And I was like, this is actually a really interesting version of him. And so Wally is trying to figure out, does this man who literally took the face of my uncle, um, is he actually my uncle or is he... Fawn. And so like the whole storyline is him trying to figure out, is this really my, my, my uncle back from the dead or is this the reverse flash? And ultimately it turns out to be the reverse flash. And I was like, it was a really good storyline because there's a point where Wally basically pushes him over the edge and makes him remember who he used to be. And he becomes evil again. Mm -hmm. And if Wally had left it alone, Fawn would have never gone back there. He would have just been this version of Barry more or less. And it was a really cool storyline. I was like, okay, I see where they're going. So when they called it the man in the yellow tie, I'm like, ooh, I know where they're going with this. And I was really digging it. And when they reveal that there's only one fawn left, I was like, okay, so they've acknowledged we've screwed up the timeline. Nothing makes sense. Time is a, you know, a flat pancake, you know, and it, it has no, you know, it's tiny, whiny, wibbly, wobbly. I was like, great. Um, and then they did the face rip. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's becoming the original fawn. So I thought he was going to rip his face off and it was going to be 
you know, like the original costume and he was going to have the glowing red eyes, but it was going to be the original Fawn face. So he was going to rip off the nice guy version of his face and he was going to be all sour and glower underneath. And it turns out to be Harry. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, that was when I just, I yeeted out of the episode. Like I, I did not care anymore. I was like, no, you can't take the man's original face away to give him the original personality, but he looks like Harry. Right, it's like, because it's because they realize Tom Cavanaugh is like a really great actor. But you're right; it makes no sense for like what they are trying to do with that. Is this is a face that he assumed? It wasn't his real face. This is not how it should be. And and that I agree with you. The whole man in the yellow tie thing was great because it kept you guessing. It kept you guessing what is going on here and exactly how is it. I thought they were going to establish that this was actually the earliest version of Thawne. But if they had right. revealed that it was a Thawne that, you know, something had happened and he had forgotten and somehow like Barry just pushes him by being like jerky as he was being and like that makes him, that would have been satisfying too. But the whole thing of, yeah, it was disgusting when he ripped his face off. It was horrific, but it made no sense. <laughs> It was almost funny because then Thomas Cavanaugh for the rest of the season, right? The entire performance is he's whispering. Like, like I for, I think he forgot how to act like the reverse flash <laughs> because he hadn't done it in a while, you know? And like, he's just whispering the whole, I'm going to be evil. And then they gave him the worst costume that has ever been oh, on the show. You have a character that's whole thing is supposed to be speed and you give him <laughs> this bulky muscle suit with all these like horn things coming out of it. And it's just like, that does not speak to a fast character. That is like Savitar 2.0. Right. It's, it's Savitar 2.0. I like, like God, that costume looks awful. And I saw I have people a theory oh. as to why all of the villains on the Flash just have true all of them have the worst costumes or general appearance of all time. And it's because they have to go out of their way to make the villains appear in a tacky sense like a villain, because they have to distinguish them from Barry, who is a villain. Yeah. Well, you know what's <laughs> funny though is that Mina was actually a bad guy in the comic books. And her story was way more interesting. So let me tell you what happens in the comics, because you need to know the potential. It's like one of the few good things that they could have lifted up. No, I'm serious. See, Cammy's smirking. I don't know if you've read this story or if you're just like, okay, Sean's about to rant. Um, like, see, Ryan, he's like, I'm just going to put my head down. But, <laughs> but, but like, seriously, like, and this is how Nathan and I, when we talk about Flash on our own, like, he knows I'm like ramped up. I've been yeah. waiting for this. So Mina Darwin was part of a problem where the Speed Force went completely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It basically just started arcing out all over Coast City. And like 150 people all got flash powers. They all became speedsters. And it was because of this weird accident that occurred. So Godspeed, Godspeed, this character who keeps showing up and they never give us a proper resolution on Godspeed, still, we still don't have a proper resolution on that damn character, starts taking people's speed away from them. He basically sucks them of all their speed and he becomes faster and faster and faster. Um, and because of that, they die. So Flash realizes he's got to get all these speedsters together. So there are literally dozens of them that are still alive. And Mina is like one of the scientists who actually understands the speed force. So he's working with her to help them all kind of understand their powers and working together. And over time, she basically is corrupted by the the, the powers because there's a, a whole bunch of other stuff that's happening. And she becomes uh, a, a bad guy. She becomes an evil character. She Her original costume was purple and eventually becomes that black and silver outfit that we saw in the TV show. And she calls herself the Negative Flash. And I'm like, cool. So as soon as I heard Mina Darwin and she has the ability to give people artificial speed force powers, I'm like, we're going to get dozens of speedsters. And the end of the season is going to be, oh my God, there's dozens of us. How awesome would that have been? Like, that would have been a great storyline. And I'm like, cool. And then they introduce Eobard. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
And then I'm like, are we doing that story? Okay, I'm here. And I'm I'm waiting for Mina to become the bad guy. And they and she does for like what five whole minutes? <laughs> and then and then basically Fawn's like, I'm your lightning rod. And she's like, That's right, because everybody has a lightning rod, and I'm okay. It's like, aren't shouldn't you be the reverse lightning rod or the negative lightning rod? I mean something. <laughs> Can someone explain something about that that I missed? Uh must Please. have missed or whatever, because all right, so fine. When she got into the machine, the block machine, it apparently can only give one person, you know, the ability to be a speedster. Fine. Okay. And like, oh, that was it. Too bad. Is there a reason they could not have built a second one? Seriously, right? Logic has no place in this space. <laughs> they didn't have right. the funding for it, Ryan. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Okay. You, you use contact rules. Why build one when you can build two at twice the price? Thank you. Like, <laughs> like that's all you do is you just put twice the price in your budget and then you have the ability to make two of these things, right? And you put them side by side like like you're less Lucy and Desi. You know, you can't sleep in the same bed, but you can have, you know, adjoining, you know, Mac you know, or whatever, block, block chambers, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, okay, let's, let's, let's make that happen. Um, It was ridiculous. It, it was completely a missed opportunity. Let me tell you why I think they did Mina the way they did her. Number one, they want to make Barry look good. So they want to show him teaching and mentoring a <laughs> obviously experienced, mature scientist who knows what she's doing. So they they set up her character as an experienced, mature, seasoned scientist who knows what she's doing. And then they use that to kind of juxtapose with Barry being the one to like mentor, teach and lead her in an attempt to make Barry look good. Instead, it made him look insufferable <laughs> and kind of like how he didn't... It, it, kind of made him look like he didn't recognize her level of expertise it's it's not a good look for a male character or a guy in general but i just felt like the time when it came out and some of the lines really just did not serve what they were trying to do it right. is what it is number two i think they wanted to infuse as much romance as possible through the side characters so you had what you referenced with allegra and chester and it's like here have some love and happy feel good and joe and cecile whatever so now we've got a side character so we've got an opportunity to bring in this idea of like love conquering all and love is whatever and that is the only part of the mina storyline that i think they actually did pretty well yeah they actually were really good together yeah yeah i don't remember the guy's name for the life of me but like what they had going on was good and feel good you know whatever that is why i think they had to have her not be a villain is because they had to have some sort of like meaningful romance to tie the season up because that's where it had to come from other than that it's just like hey let's see barry train somebody experienced look how experienced he must be in comparison i just wanted him to shut up the entire time i, I want to know how after they win they save the day they like have this scene at the end Thawne doesn't exist at any time anymore. How do you oh. know? How have you gone through every point in existence and checked to see if Thawne exists? Like, how would you even have any Gideon clue? said so, Nathan. Gideon said so, okay? <laughs> and we trust in Gideon because Gideon... I still don't understand how Gideon has two different voices from Legends to freaking Flash, but that's a whole <laughs> other rant. Um, just... I, I just, like, I was just like, that's the dumbest thing. I mean, I think they're trying to tell us, hey, look, we realize that we've pulled out the reverse Flash way too often, so next <laughs> season, we're not pulling him out, but, like, which, but, like, there was no basis from which for, for them to just be able to say that, like, he doesn't exist anywhere at any time anymore. Just, ugh. I mean, it begs the question, since, you know, Tom Cavanaugh clearly has some blackmail material on the writers, how they're going <laughs> to, are we going to get the Wells back 
uh, next season? You know, uh, how, how do we get Tom? Because apparently it's a requirement. I loved him up through season seven, up until they got rid of the Wells. But mm. now, honestly, when he's on the screen, I am just like, okay, I guess this is happening again. Yeah. And it's, this is very sad. Right. Yeah, give like, me, they, they, give they, me the they, Hugh Hefner Wells again, right? Like the one where he keeps like his, 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 his robe keeps opening up and he keeps like, like <laughs> flashing people by accident. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I think that was the French Wells, wasn't it? Like, no, there were two different ones. There was a Hugh Hefner one and there was a French one, but they were two different like guys. Yeah. Just give me anybody for the love of God. There's like 9 million wells, but of course they don't realize the multiverse is still out there because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, the thing is, these people have become great. So like, like David Ramsey became a director. So he is now like, he directs episodes and he shows up as John Diggle and uh, Tom Cavanaugh has become a director. Right. And so it's like he directs episodes. And so he shows up on episodes also. And it's like, you know, that's that's sort of like the handshake deal that they have in these shows is like, you know, like, yeah, I'll direct episodes, but you got to have me featured in an episode this season too. Uh, so this, It's a good deal though, because it allows yeah. them to get more episodes under their belt. Because I mean, honestly, that's why I love of what i mean i think we talked about this last season the fact that daniel panabaker has become such a, a, a mover and shaker behind the scenes mm -hmm. on the flash she realizes hey i'm going to ride this the, this horse until it falls over dead and i'm going to use it as my entire you know uh, 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 uh school for becoming a director where i can actually then turn around and say okay i'm going to go make this movie or i'm i can now you know, be the EP of this TV show. You know, she's not looking small scale. She's looking long-term growth because there's only so many years an actress has where you can be this role or that role. And, right. and then as you get older, the, the the roles start to become, you know, smaller and smaller and harder and harder because there are more people fighting for that well. And she's like, let me be a director. Let me be a producer. And she's doing exactly what Tom Cavanaugh is doing and everybody else. That's how you play that game. And if you're smart, right. you do so. So that way you can continue to have a life in Hollywood. And I'm like, go for it, do it. And I, I, I don't blame them for it. I was just going to say, I don't blame any of them for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. And I'm just so sad that David Ramsey's like one year off from when he should have started been trying to get his own series because with the new yeah. management, there's no way that the Diggle show is going to get there. He's trying. He's like, oh, we just submitted the second version of our script for the pilot and everything. And it's like, dude, it's just after this discovery takeover, I'm sorry. There's just no way they're going to green light your Justice University show. You know, like, I know you, I know you want to do it, but it's yeah. not going to happen. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so thoughts on... You know, because we have a half season left, basically, for The Flash, and then it's done. And like I said, we're, it, it's done, and then the Arrowverse is done. Thoughts on what you want to see out of this next season in the 13? Like, like, uh, do you have a wish list? What do you have? Well, Sean, since you, I know you have a lot. Let's save you. Well, no, no. I, I, we needed to rewind because we didn't really finish the talk about the negative finale. Oh, because okay. We, did, All right. we All didn't right. talk about the fact that, like... At some point, they said every force has a negative force. So they talk. They talk about the negative still force. That would be the speed force. <laughs> right, they're like, the, the, they're they're like they're like, oh well, this is the negative power force. That would be weak force. Like all these characters, <laughs> like they, they should have been like the exact opposite. And I'm like, you know, the negative psychic force. Okay, so so if they're like the empathy force, then the other person would be like. What, what would it be like just curmudgeon force like and then i'm starting to think about this going like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute like I, i'm my brain starts going into like this weird loop of so you're a negative force to another force but you're exactly the same powers but you're negative so like you're just angry you're like the ain't like 
but so you're the angry force you know you're the angry speed force you're the angry still force that's what they should have called yeah it. they mean like they're emotionally negative yeah. not that they're negative in physics they're negative yes and i'm like <laughs> but they don't explain that they like they don't explain this very simple concept so when they keep saying oh i'm the negative still force so you're the speed force like that would have been interesting we're like your your opposite is so like if you saw like a version of the still force right and he's like no i'm the negative still force but it's actually the actress who plays nora she's the negative still force so like that would have been an interesting like if you could have found a way to make all the actors be the negative version of another version of themselves that would have been an interesting twist mm -hmm. but no they wanted to make the dion twist show up out of nowhere oh no the dion you've been hanging out with is actually the negative Dion for like the, the last. The fact kid. that we're questioning plot holes like this, or even having <laughs> to think through in a way that's not suspending disbelief, speaks more to the fact that we're not immersed in the characters. Because if we're immersed enough in the characters, we'll suspend disbelief. And the best in-show example I can give of that is Cecile. We at least moderately like Cecile as an audience or really like her. You know, they're, they're, we're somewhere on that scale yeah. and her powers are very ill-defined and require a lot of suspense and disbelief and are almost always associated with incredibly cheesy lines. Yeah. But she never makes top 10 worst whatever lists oh, yeah. of yeah. a given episode or of a given season. She's likely somewhere in the vicinity of like, oh, this was generally good because we're willing to suspend disbelief with regard to her and with regard to her and Joe in general. And we can't do that with Barry because we aren't invested in him as a hero. He's not very well defined as a character either, but he is, he, they, we can't put him in a believable hero box and root for some sort of fantasy, this, that, or the other, because for a hero's journey, we'll suspend disbelief. Oh, you're fighting animated this, or you're, you know, there's a shark and a gorilla and some bull whatever we're never drawn to the place where we can actually believe that for barry that's what made armageddon at the top of the whole season more engaging because we were allowed to actually question his morality and invest in that as a character it wasn't rewarding in the end but as i've said this entire time nobody's getting rewarded at the end anyways yeah i, I mean seriously all right i agree with all of that except for the shark it, fighting the gorilla because that was uh, awesome yeah King shark <laughs> versus yeah yes but uh, to, to that point though uh, with cecile even at that, they actually went to some effort to explain it. Yeah, we're yeah. suspending our disbelief, but they actually, at the end of the season, gave a, a, a reasonable explanation for why she was leveling up so much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was the full one of the still forces trying using her, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them credit. They they planted that throughout the entire season yep. for this moment. Okay, credit either that or they just at the end of the season had to explain it somehow i i, I it could go either way with the, the writers at this right. point honest to god i was thinking that they were going the route of psycho pirate i thought she was going to turn to psycho pirate like some kind of version of that and i was waiting for like the like i was waiting for somebody to reveal that she had the psycho pirate mask hmm. and this mask had been amplifying her powers and she'd just been keeping it on the dl and i was like that would have been interesting because psycho pirate's whole thing is that they at some point psycho pirate can't feel emotions anymore they can only steal emotions from other people and i'm like that's a very interesting thing you can force emotions onto people you can steal emotions but the pirate themselves can't feel anything and i'm like that would have been an interesting heel turn for cecile to then have to fight through like imagining her coming off the dts from that right like she has to give up her powers altogether for her to feel emotions and empathy for people now because if she even tries to tap into it 
she loses all of her ability to actually feel emotion herself. She becomes that weird version of Barry where he psycho sped up his brain from season seven, right? Uh-huh. You know, well, but, but that, Spock Barry. That's what yeah, Spock Barry. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that would have been an interesting turn on Cecile. And when literally when Psych threw his mask to her, like put the mask on, I was like, oh crap, like she's actually going to become Psycho Pirate. Um, and now she's not. She's like Saturn Girl, I guess. Which is weird. Yeah. Which, by the way, if anybody knows the Legion of Superheroes, you know exactly who Saturn. Uh, well, was. no, and she was on Saturn Supergirl Park. too, and you know had a British yeah. accent, so I had full time. Right, right, right. But anyway, um, huh. but uh, <laughs> but um, so the one thing I wanted to bring up with what Cammy said is the suspension of disbelief and writing to the point where you can give us that is so key because actually in the podcast episode we did on Spider Man No Way Home, we actually mentioned that No Way Home actually uses several themes that have been in the Flash TV series. The whole idea that Peter was actually the villain, that he was the one that created this problem, and by him trying to constantly have his cake and eat it too is why this whole thing was happening. Reality was fracturing. They mm-hmm. uh, uh, dealt with the whole idea of taking away powers from people because, you know, that the powers were the thing that caused them to become villains in the first place and whether or not you could do that against their will and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, but the reason why I love No Way Home and think that No Way Home is one of the best Marvel movies is because the writing is so good that it sells these things like, like, you're okay with Peter having been the villain in this instance because of him being so narrowly focused on what he wanted and not realizing the greater ramifications because the writing was so good and because they actually dealt with it. They actually dealt with the idea that this is the problem. And in the end, he had to just sort of take that on and be like, I now have to make a sacrifice because of I did that. And there's actually real consequences to him being the villain, right? You know, like he loses Aunt May and then he has to then fix these people that, you know, and he has to fix the person who killed his beloved, you know, like, you know, mentor, Mm -hmm. you know, like Barry. And again, we've talked about this time and time again, whether it be Iris or whether it be Joe or anybody, there has never been any moment where Barry has to suffer the consequences of his decisions other than to say, I've learned my lesson. And I've said it out loud, so now you know that it's true because I've said the words instead of actually showing us that he's grown as a character. Um, And I mean, like, perfect example. This is the best example I can give you. Barry meditated for 15 seconds on screen while Nora was with him in the still force. So at the end of the season, he's able to go Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and, like, (laughs) get all the different forces inside of him, and he decides that he can't beat Thawne other than to meditate? Like, if they would have spent time establishing a meditative character i don't know like a max mercury (laughs) no no no. i mean yes because i know i know max mercury is your boy but let's go back a few seasons what happened to wally did he go to the vet (laughs) and learn how to become a zen master of speed i think he did wouldn't that have been nice if like they'd have brought back Kenyon lonsdale and like he would have been teaching barry some things because barry's finally leveled up wally even said one day you're going to level up and i'm going to come back and teach you wouldn't that have been nice? And then, like, Barry's finally seeing all the parts connect, and, like, it's a familial tie, and, like, he has this thing happen, and that would have been nice instead of a 15-second scene with Future Daughter, who's telling her, I'm so exhausted from being angry at this. Like, I'm so, I'm so exhausted from being upset about this. Like, I can't even, like, elucidate how disappointing the writing is, which is what really frustrates me. It's, it's really weird because it's almost like other than the fact that Eddie and Robbie appeared again, it's almost like they treat each season like it's a self-contained thing and nothing in previous seasons happened. 
And so I don't know if it's like the main showrunner is like that. And then individual writers sometimes try to pepper in things from previous seasons uh, or how I it's like in that. In their defense, sometimes I too try to forget previous seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but like you can flashpoint any of it. You, you, you could use a crisis to reset it. Like that's the other thing. You could crisis, flashpointed. There are so many different things. And Lord knows DC has enough of them. All you got to do is pick one apocalyptic scenario where everything gets reset and you can fix all of your problems right there. And Barry could say, what happened about this? What are you talking about, Barry? Oh, crap. I'm not in that right timeline. I can't fix it because if I do, I'll break it even more. And he just has to accept that this is... Cisco's brother, you know? I mean... Seriously, like Cisco's brother is the one example of something actually bad happening and they never fix it. Like, he's still dead. Yeah. And like Cisco, like Cisco got to have to grow through that. He had a whole great story arc of Cisco basically wants to punch Barry in the D for like eight or nine episodes because he's like, you got my brother killed. And like your direct actions did that. And then he was like, okay, I can be in the room with you for five minutes. Okay, I could be in the room with you for an hour. Right? You know, and like it took like a season for Cisco to be okay with Barry, you know, and like they had to like work it out. Mm-hmm. Consequences. But that was a Cisco growth moment, not a Barry growth moment. Barry was like, Oh, I got my stuff back, so it doesn't matter that your brother died. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm tapping out of bitching right now. So you guys okay. give your. Um, just... All right, so yeah, let's talk hey, about what set we the want. clock on this, people. Yeah, let's we, see how long this lasts. We we got 13 episodes. So what do we want to see in these last 13 episodes, um, Ryan? Since you've been struggling to get a word in edgewise here, why don't you start us off? Nah. I, you know, honestly, it, I, I have zero expectations uh, for next season uh, because, like you said, it's just the, <laughs> that way you it, can't you, be disappointed. Oh, well, what if it's way, negative? Like, like, oh, like God. you think zero is the bottom, but it actually goes negative because of the negative forces. <laughs> you're right. Actually, you're right. I expect next season to be worse than this season. I'm going in <laughs> expecting that. You know? That's the right point of view at this particular junction, I think. <laughs> and then, and then <sighs> I'll be pleasantly surprised if they manage to do it a little bit right. I mean. You know, it, it's it's um like you said, the bar is just too high. They have to wrap up the Flash and they have to wrap up the Arrowverse. And there's just literally, it's not possible. So I'm going to go in just, I, it's, I, it's literally just a, it's not even a, a, a labor of love anymore. It's an obligation, you know? <laughs> I mean, just because I've come this far, I've watched eight seasons. I, I've watched all, most of the rest of the Arrowverse. I'll get her on a black lightning. So I literally have to, uh, you know, do this one um, just for to be a completionist. I don't understand you, man. Black lightning is so much better than ninety percent of the Arrowverse. It's like, I know, you know, I'll get around to it. It's just like, oh, gee, what am I supposed to not watch? You know, <laughs> did you not see interviews with the vampire? Hello, you know, I mean, I'll get around to it. Yeah, you got Doom Patrol sitting out there. You got yeah. Harley Quinn, the animated series. You got Stargirl. You got freaking so much other stuff. Why would you waste your time on more CW? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, it, this this season, this season had some good things, had some good. Oh, you know, like we didn't mention like uh, Sing. Sing came back for two episodes. Love that. Yes. Um, so I, I would like to see him come back. I'd like to see, like they set up Captain Kramer over the past couple of seasons and then did nothing with her, even though she's a meta now, you know, this season, maybe do something with that. Her but... character growth was, I am no longer a meta Nazi that wants to get rid of the, and exterminate all metas. 
Like, yeah. now I am just going to treat metas only badly if they are criminals, and even then I will respect their rights. And that was her growth, and now it's done. And, oh, and, and now she gone. has a now she has a direct line with the Flash. That was right. her other character moment. Was I mean, I did like the fact that she was like, "I know you're the Flash," but like you know, it's just like <laughs> I'm I'm a you know I'm, I'm a detective. You know, like it's pretty easy to figure out. You know, and I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> but but you see, the worst part about that whole moment was then he was like, "Well, when did you figure it out?" She's like, "When you survived the explosion." the handcuffs she should have said i've known for like the last 12 months <laughs> and uh like she goes but you know at the same time i realized that you as a person is different than you as the flash and it didn't feel right arresting you unless you were in the costume like that would have been a baller moment of her like there's this weird ethical code of hers or something but she's like oh well yeah you outran an explosion like come on I just have real problems with Kramer because they had her come off as so much of a horrible person morally in the beginning. Also, where it's just like, I'm the meta-Nazi that wants to round up and forcibly cure all metas to this sort of like, oh, no, I'm good now. Like, you know, I hung out with you guys. I am once again begging the writers of the show to get <laughs> some therapy for their issues with women and authority. <laughs> like, there's some weird mommy authority babysitter big sister something going on here and like in the context of something like wheel of time capitalize on that go buck wild you know like let your issues make you money in this particular instance maybe we think through it and work through it like this is not game of thrones this is not wheel of time we get that you have the same issues as those writers but like maybe we workshop it a little bit more before we before we bite off more than we can chew Oh, totally unrelated. I was so glad they remembered Joe and Cecile had a baby because they've forgotten about that baby for like three years. And even though we don't actually see the child, we see a backpack. So I'm like, hey, right. they remembered they have a kid. Right, right. We got to get it ready for kindergarten. It's like, right. what? Like, you Cecile's know, like... original child, the one that was Wally's age, we've completely forgotten about her for six seasons running now. Yeah, she's out. <laughs> yeah. It's all part of like this TV show mindset where apparently people only have kids when they're like 60 years old, which is like a whole other issue I have. But or their kids show up already in their twenties or in some cases yes. thirties. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Not to mention the fact that why is the CCPD only like manned by literally the captain and that one female cop? Right. No matter what's <laughs> happening on the show, there's that one there. There's mm -hmm. that one beat cop who is mm -hmm. always there. She walks us to the room. Hey, you got a phone call? Or she's she's in the middle of the street. Oh, hey, you know, I'm going to clear traffic. The diversity hire. Like, no, I mean, it's not even that. It's like there's literally nobody else in the damn building except for her. Like, she's just. I, I think that's probably a COVID issue where they don't yeah, want to have too many I people agree. on the set. And so they have like the same like set people. And that's it. I mean, it, it was when I was doing the rewatch and I was watching them all back to back. It became starkly obvious that there's only two people in that yeah. precinct. <laughs> Everybody else was like. Just I'm a child on this. I, I expected her to become a villain or something by the end of the season. I thought it was going to be a plot point. Like, I yeah. legitimately thought she was going to be a plot point. Like, it was going to turn out that she was going to be something more. Like, did they yeah. ever actually give her a name? I was expecting for her to at least get name dropped. But she just keeps showing up. And, like, just, and like they give her lines. Like, the woman has, like, actual yeah. lines. It's not just, like, hi, here's your coffee. Like, she has whole conversations. Like, woman's in SAG now. Like, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right brian did you have anything else uh i mean not really i would love I, they can't undo eight years worth of 
this <laughs> in, in the course of half a season. They, they can't make it right with Wally. They can't set it up. Uh, I, and so just, I, no, I, I, I don't know really what I'm expecting. I don't know what villains I, I want. I don't know anything at this point in time. Um, I, I guess I just want it to be better <laughs> that's literally all i want just a little bit better make make the arrowverse go out with a little bit of the magic that it came in with you okay. know? i thought you're gonna say make the arrowverse great again and i was gonna lose Maybe, it oh god <laughs> <laughs> you know what if that's what it takes at this point in time i'll do it <laughs> but you see but you know what it could be a green hat though i mean it doesn't even have to be a it could be a green hat not a red right. hat yeah. you know like yeah. and, and people who are red green colorblind they won't know the difference <laughs> <laughs> all right cammy what do you want out of the next season um well with that setup uh next season you know what i would like i would like them to focus more on wrapping up the arrowverse than on wrapping up the flash i i i just i i know I they're too. trying to do both and i know this is on the flash but so many other shows have given so many episodes to setting up the flash setting up flash characters doing crossovers with the flash Often the crossovers were quite flash centric for literally no reason, like the Barry Iris <laughs> wedding crossover that just, uh, anyways, there were so many times, so many times during the prime of other shows where they gave up screen time for the flash. I think at this point, the flash would serve itself better by having their final half season really be focused on the larger Arrowverse, have guest stars throughout the entire thing, hype them up bring back anybody who's willing to come on and don't even worry about wrapping up the flash storylines because what storylines are there that are really that meaningfully present that they need to be wrapped up what do we want to see as a finale for barry and iris like they finally have sex okay like, <laughs> you know, i just I, I don't know what there is to be tied up in a pretty little bow at this point like congratulations to everybody from the original cast who's willing to get in the same room with each other i guess have a couple have a couple scenes of that of like look we're all in the you know flash cave at the same time and we're all gonna pretend not to hate each other like give us our emmys but other than that just wrap up the arrowverse bring in anybody willing to come in especially diggle have him direct what i have david ramsey direct any episodes he's willing to direct and have this be the season that does not try to rely on like the quirky flash vibe because that is not going to save the lack of storyline in season nine. I suspect Iris will discover she's pregnant this season. It's not something I particularly want, yeah. but I believe that that's probably going to happen. Um, if, if I could say real quick, Nathan, yeah. I do, it did occur to me. I do want them to play out the fallout between Caitlin slash Frost or whoever comes out of that chamber and, and Barry. I, I do want, and I do, I want that to be unlike how the flash normally does it. It needs to progress over multiple episodes it can't just be wrapped up like him coming out of you know the speed force in the first episode lots of contrition some tension mm -hmm. and makeup sex in the end and yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i mean yeah. yeah caitlin and barry have to have makeup sex at this point like that's <laughs> just the only solution. at this point Absolutely. they're the only storyline that i care to see wrapped up <laughs> okay sean i know I no know no, you have no, no 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 you get to say your stuff first uh, okay i am very much like cammy i am more because here's the thing back when i thought superman and lois was still in the arrowverse i was like okay we can sort of divide and conquer here but yeah. now it's all on the flash and so here's here's my laundry list and the only thing that's flash centric is i want them to recast ralph 
I want them to recast Ralph. Oh, I want I to you. have him and Sue have like a really flirty, exciting, like few episodes together. And then they go off and do their own thing. And I want that to be a thing that they do because Ralph, the character was done so wrong. And I get that you don't want to have Hartley Sawyer. There are other great actors in Canada, in Vancouver that you can cast for this. Do screen tests though. Don't just hire <laughs> anybody. Make sure they work with Natalie Dreyfus before you do it. Because if you don't, that's just going to fall flat. But here's, here's the laundry list. They need to figure out where the heck Bruce Wayne is. And this was something I was hope Superman and Lois was going to deal with. I thought that maybe um, Kate Kane, now that she has her new face and is looking for Bruce, would show up in Smallville and then she and Clark would go find Bruce. But that's a thing from Batwoman that needs to be resolved. We need to resolve Mia Queen's storyline and her whole thing of searching for her brother. We need to resolve uh, the Legends finale and the fact they cast freaking Booster Gold in the Arrowverse. <laughs> they even name checked him on The Flash. Um, because Iris was going through all these records and she's like, who is Booster Gold? And holy crap, how do you do that? And you, oh, they need to, they need to resolve the Legends finale. Um, and, and, and if they want to have Booster Gold in this whole season of The Flash, that's fine too. And, <laughs> and they, um, the other thing is I feel like the finale, if they do nothing else that I've just asked for, Stephen Amell should at least have a cameo in the finale either as the specter checking up on Barry or some bigger thing where he's helping Barry if they can get him for more time. But he started this thing and I feel like he should be there along with Grant Gustin for the finale because this was the, the, the Omni series that he started. And I guess I want Diggle in the season also to me he doesn't have to be in the finale per se but if they want to have him and but i feel like that would get too much into like now we're making it almost arrows finale so it's like have diggle that's earlier fine make it arrows yeah. finale yeah. at this point i mean it's called the Arrowverse for right. a reason right and i just feel like they need to pay like some homage to steven so if they can get steven amell if he'll agree to do it i think they should have steven amell in the finale so how it ends nathan the very last scene of the flash is barry goes back in time and stops ollie from getting on the boat and then it ends you know? and, then, and then the universe never happens you know? none of this so you know what none of this. To, to tee up on that for just one other thing you have that happen barry stops uh, uh 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 him from getting on the boat and then all of a sudden jack's eyes opens up and then we start the first episode of lost and that's how lost starts and and that's how you redeem it and then there you go so osberry flashpoint well, then we then, the, the crash of oceanic one one you know no we zoom out and it's a snow globe and <laughs> Actually, you know what? If you actually stopped Ollie from getting on the boat, and then you have Jack from like it literally just start like the like the last minute of of, of, of the Flash is the beginning of Lost. I would stand up and applaud for just the audacity of that. You pan over. Oh, no, no, I got another one. I got another one. You pan over. And then it's Jonathan Frakes, and he says, "Computer and program." Oh, and he walks oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the holodeck door is open and he walks out and what, what if it pans over and no, it's not it's not it, it's not jonathan franks it, it is no it's miles and bashir and garrick and they've run out of time on the holodeck and court turns it off I'm like wait we're not done yet he's like you haven't paid your bill you're out <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was making fun of how they ended Enterprise, but I, yeah, I know. Yeah, but, I know, but, but if, yeah, like yeah, it's, it's what Julian and uh, da, 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 and, oh. uh, and Miles have been doing. What about Flash and Arrow? <laughs> I got one for you, Nathan. I got one for you. Okay, it ends. We get Barry goes back in time, stops Ollie from getting on the boat, and then it ends with Ben leaping into the next body <laughs> to find Scott Bakula. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Yes. Yes. By the way, Cammy's being so patient in the corner. She's just like, these ass- <laughs> she just had <laughs> to trivialize 11 years of this. <laughs> All of these are better ideas than what we're going to see. I hope you understand that. Right. right. I mean, these, it may as well have our expectations on the floor or in some bizarro crossover world because you know we're about to sit through what is it 13 episodes 13 straight episodes of everybody gathering around in a circle (laughs) in the final few minutes of the episode and telling barry he's been such a good boy and his mommy (laughs) and sister wives and everybody all love him and all of the father figures that he look up looks up to all think he's been such a good boy this whole time and pat him on the head and we're about to see that 13 times over with the same emotional music and you know what, Barry? We're all lightning rods. <laughs> that's right. And his lightning rod is perfectly normal, and that's and it works just fine. Doesn't link good. Yeah. What if we see all that, but then like once Barry leaves the room, they're like, oh, thank God. And we find out they're all terrified of Barry, of him going back in time and wiping them out of existence. And this is why they're so nice. It's literally the Twilight Zone episode. They're afraid Barry's going to send them to the cornfield. Yes. <laughs> that would actually be an amazing twist for the final season, which is that you turn around and it becomes exactly Candy's like, like, like just perfect, like wet dream moment of just, okay, they leave and they're like, Okay, is he gone? Okay, did you everybody tell me he was a good boy? Okay, he's a good boy. <laughs> and then somebody, like, you realize that there have been other characters that are on the show. Like, you you explain the reason why we don't see uh, 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 the Elongated Man Cisco anymore. Or, or, or Patty or Ralph <laughs> is that Ralph said something. <laughs> and he went back and just wrote him out. And so, like, like, like Joe, like, Cecile is actually, like, Joe's, like, third wife or something. And, like, there was, like, a stepmom that Barry had. And then Barry just wiped her out of the timeline. And they all remember this. Because he makes the, <sighs> it, it explains the whole Iris relationship. Iris yes. does not yes. want to be with him. She's, She's being held not. hostage. She's being held Justice hostage for Iris. And so then here's the ultimate twist at the very end. At the very very end, you realize that actually the entire time this has actually been Eobard Fawn, and the real Barry hasn't been seen since the coma, and he comes out of it. And no, no, like seriously, like this is how you do it. You fix the entire thing. And so then you're like, oh, God, he actually has been the bad guy the whole time. And like he wakes up and he has all these powers and they're like, OK, how do I do this? And like then Oliver has to show up. You can bring in all the other characters. They're like, we've got to give you a crash course. Your worst villain has been in your has basically been, you know, faking your life for the last decade. I'm sorry. What? Like, what do you mean villain? I, what, what? Like, that would be amazing. That explains why. Barry didn't recognize that Mirror Iris was the villain version. He vibes yes. with the villain, you know? Like, oh my God, this would be like episode one, season nine, Barry Allen wakes up and yes. he's like, wait a minute, what? And you realize that the actual, the reason why they can't find Uber Thon is that he's always been Barry Allen since he woke up from the coma. 
I hope you're all prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> Absolutely. I, we watch The Flash. Yeah. We thrive on disappointment. Yeah, there's no way that thir- like in 13 episodes they can do my laundry list. I'll be happy if one thing from my laundry list gets in there. Please be Booster Gold. Please be Booster Gold. But anyway, uh, Sean. Booster Gold would, I think, be an, an achievable thing because they love time travel in this damn show. Right, so yeah. all you got to do is int- and then just have them go off on blue and gold adventures, and and I'm happy. Um, it's not a it's not a difficult like you know a precipice to reach. Um, because they cast the guy and he was supposed to be a new yeah. regular on Legends, so it's like at least as a like for you know sorry you know like apology, give him some episodes on the Flash. I mean, come Something, on, right? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think the thing that I would like is wrap up the Legends storyline, have Barry come out as the Flash. It is my biggest yeah. gripe that I've had since like season two, season three, which is that Barry Allen never hid his identity. Wally hid his identity. And even then he didn't until a lot later. Um, and that there was a whole thing about him losing his identity kind of thing. It was a it was a whole rigmarole. But the Flash doesn't hide in shadows. The Flash is very much in the light. And it's time for him to finally just say, I'm the Flash. And have them deal with the fallout. I want to see the legal ramifications of that. You can bring Argus back into it. Um, have him kind of go through this. Bring back some of his greatest foes. I would love to see Gorilla Grodd show up for an episode. Um, of course, I'm very biased because Gorilla Grodd's my boy. Um, show me some of the other, you know, villains that are, you know, somewhere out there. But they messed up part about, you know, what they did with the Flash is that they built up this great rogues gallery and then they either turned them into heroes or they killed them all off. Like, there's nobody around anymore. You can't bring back Captain Cold. You can't bring back Heatwave, technically, because he's over on Legends. But at least if you found a way to bring them in, you can have some kind of resolution. Um and I want to see the Justice League sit down at the table one time, damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the that was the, the one I forgot. Yes, I want them to actually do the Justice League, pull in all the characters from the other shows. Yes. Like honest to God, like I would like for like the last episode two, like episode or two to be something, some event where he has to finally call the Justice League together. And you bring back everybody. You bring back Ollie. You bring back Kara. You bring back Superman. You bring back Black Lightning. You bring back Arrow. You find Mia. You bring her ass into it. You bring everybody. I want to see, I want to see freaking um uh uh not watchdog. Um oh uh, mad dog. Man. Wild dog, wild dog. Okay, yeah, okay, now there I draw a line. <laughs> no, man. Like, come on. I want to. Oh, I, I, I want to see Mr. Terrific show up. I want to see. You oh, know, no, not Ragman. I draw the hey, line no. there. I'll, 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 I want to see all these heroes that they have built up over the years. I want to see them all show up at the Justice League. Have one big Guardian. Justice League. Yeah, which one? Pick a guard. You know? Like, I mean, you, you know, like, you know, have Batwoman show up. Have that. You know what? Like, if you're if we're going for like pie in the sky, have Batman turn out to have gone dark, and like he's actually kind of gone a little Lex Luthery, and they got to get the whole Justice League together in order to fight Batman, the Justice League versus Batman. And you even have to bring in the Legends, bring everybody to the table. I don't care. I want to see a. Ju- I want to see one Justice League adventure. The, the only time we ever got close to a Justice League adventure was when they did um, the, the the invasion storyline. Right, that was the closest we got to it. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining you got characters who can fly. You've got the Wave Rider flying in, and then Jimmy Olsen on his little moped. <laughs> 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 
keep up with you know what i I, seriously but it would be hilarious you know and like he's going so slow then like you know like batwoman shows up and like just picks him up and puts him on the batmobile and like they're just you know like i would love to just see this happening you know black lightning riding the lightning and whatnot Um, oh actually i will give them props for uh uh uh, barry learning how to ride the lightning this season that Mm. was a cool moment where he was throwing lightning bolts and he was jumping off of them i actually enjoyed that moment but again enjoying moments is not a good season make um I'm still upset that we got ice slides like three seasons ago and like Caitlin and, and Killer Frost isn't doing ice slides anymore. Because, because they can't have Killer Frost doing ice slides and Barry throwing lightning and sliding on it. They'll look too destined to be together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like at this point, like really what I want is I want to see if this is the, the, the grand finale of the entire Arrowverse give us the justice league one time yeah. i want everybody to show up i want hawkman and hot girl there and then i want them to precipitously die um i, I <laughs> like be just, back. it's all right they'll be yeah, back they'll, right exactly they'll reincarnate it's fine you know <laughs> actually I mean, that'd be funny it'd be like uh the gamers movies where it's like they keep dying but then they keep yes. going into the future and pulling their like future selves back and then yes. they die and then they go even further into the future yes. and they like, pull back even further it's like hide behind the piles of hawk people <laughs> I, I would love that but i mean honestly at this point really all i'm expecting is i would like to see like if i'm being if i'm being legitimate with what i'm asking i would like to see the justice league sit at the table one time yeah whether they have an adventure or not i would like for them to sit at the table you're right that's actually a better finale although i do like the idea of oliver as the specter pulling everybody together and like you're needed you're needed and just like pulling them together so there's like a reason outside of crisis has barry ever been off world Invasion? Did he get off world in Invasion? Or was I that? think no. No, I don't think he was even one of the ones that got on the spaceship, like the, when it was in orbit. I mean, he didn't get like it wasn't really off world. Yeah. It was like in right, orbit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. mind if he went to space. Okay. Well, anyway, all right. So, we... <laughs> but but so yeah, like I was saying, you know, the Justice League, uh, and honestly, as far as like endings go, they're going to do the cop out ending, which is that nothing ever ends. He's just going to keep running, and the final shot will be him running. Because he can't hand off to Wally because why would he? Because he's the Flash, the fastest man alive who's not the fastest man alive ever. I have other races to run. And then you cut to Iris doing the pregnancy test. And, you know, (laughs) that's what they're going. That's exactly what they're going to do. The final shot is going to be him finding out she's pregnant and he's going to run home. It's going to be it's going to be ridiculously cheesy and it's not going to be remotely satisfying. It's going to be that newspaper headline changing to, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) (laughs) But in my heart of hearts, I would love to see Grodd. I would love to see a Justice League assembly. I would love to see one adventure with the League. Um, And wrap up the Legends. The Legends got done dirty this year. Like, give the Legends a send-off. The fact that the CW wanted to renew the show and Warner said we don't want to pay for the studio space, so we're canceling it. You canceled your own show! Like, yeah. the network is supposed to cancel yeah. your show. You're not supposed to cancel your own show. God. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, so. But, but I mean, like, get, get the Legends one more time. Like, get them together. One last ride would be a great way. I mean, even if you don't get the Justice League, bring the Legends into the Flash. And that gives you your time travel element. That gives you your booster gold element. That gives you the crutch that the speedsters and time travel is all yeah. that Wally has been leaning on for eight damn years. You mean Barry? I'm sorry. You're right. I'm thinking of my boy because everybody should know that Wally's my boy, yeah. Barry. And again, if you didn't know, and, and Nathan knows this, the best thing that Barry Allen ever did was die. 
Like, seriously, as a character, that was the greatest thing he ever did because he became the unattainable goal for the actual Flash, which was Wally West. I would love for this incarnation of the Flash to end with Barry dying, but that goes without saying. In terms of crossover (laughs) characters, I will say that the character in the Arrowverse who has crossed over with the Flash the most in terms of episode appearances is actually Felicity Smoke. I would love for her to show up. She was forced to date Barry. She at least should have an appearance in the finale. But you know what? Felicity had better chemistry. Yeah, Felicity had better yeah, chemistry with Barry also. Felicity yeah, had chemistry with theme. literally every single person to exist. Like it's true. But you know who actually had really great chemistry that like freaked me out a little bit was Kara and Barry. Like when, when, oh, when, yeah. when, uh, yes. when, when Supergirl and Flash were like yes. hanging out in that musical episode, I was like, ooh. Yeah. They kind of was... give this like theater kids who would have had some like on yep. again, off again toxic thing. Yep. Yeah. I, I would have been there for that. But yeah, I just, I, I, I have no expectations. I honestly don't because there's nothing that they can do. They've, they've wasted all their speedsters. They've wasted their time. They Back. haven't built up anything. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, like they, they've, they've wasted their time over the last so many years. They, they can't really legitimately hand off. I mean, they could technically make Bart the Flash at the end of the yeah. season, but that just jumps directly over Wally. I mean, they, they treat Wally like a non-person, like he's not even there anymore. You know, yeah. I mean, because they didn't lock down the actor and they didn't give him meaty stuff to keep him down, you know, just in general. So, yeah, they, they yeah. did. They did him dirty. Like, and I the- mean, yeah, have him come back as Max Mercury. That at least would explain him being because he's a Zen speedster. Like, that's right. the last time we saw him was being a Zen speedster. Have him come back as Max Mercury and he's going to teach, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the thing. All right. Th- th- this really has to be the last thing I'm going to say. But <laughs> um, Max Mercury, like every season I've been saying bring Max Mercury. But the next season is so short that I don't even want them to bring in Max Mercury anymore unless they make it Wally and say that he's Max Mercury. Because it's like, there's no time. You guys have all this other crap you got to do when they're yeah. episodes. So like there's at this just... point, we just run out. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got to wrap things up because uh, we've been going really long. <laughs> but you can tell we're passionate about this subject and just not in the good way. Uh, so sean why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you bye i'm online numazy popsicle bobbles damn it flash all right cammy thank you for having me nathan you can find me talking trash about male fictional characters on twitter at cammy and ray and other social media sites and i have a live stream twice a month where i talk about the woman that made tv great and the men that made it tolerable and ryan uh yeah so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) we're just all exhausted lost his will to live (laughs) i mean i you know there's a fairly decent chance that i'll be back for the next season's wrap-up of the flash you know you have Um, to be you are the only two people i know who are still watching other than my wife who doesn't want to talk about it oh it's like every season you get to the every end of every season beth is just like this is Crap. Yeah, she, 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 she wants to talk about star girl and superman and lois not the flash it's fair it's fair yeah. I, I can't i can't blame her like i said it's it's an obligation at this point i'm just I, i'm hate watching it you know um but so you can find me for the season nine recap uh and of course for a bunch of other good fine programming here on the 42 cast uh i would like to say you can check out my website it's a thing it exists so feel free check it out um 
it was updated back in the the 2019 so exactly still within the same you know general time frame same century you know (laughs) come on what more do you want (laughs) maybe not the same decade but i've got a little bit of time you know uh but yeah so yeah I, and you know maybe you know what maybe when i'm when my i get stuck on a cruise with wi-fi but no no way to get off the boat because of the next pandemic i'll update it then you know <laughs> and, and actually nathan before we go i did want to do a shout out um i wanted to give a shout out to my wife uh laura because she has recently reopened our Etsy shop, which you, as you know, we never do online sales. We've always been a face-to-face person kind of store uh, for Pop Cycle Bobbles. Etsy.popcyclebobbles.com. You can go, uh, or wait, no, I'm sorry. It's popcyclebobbles.etsy.com, I think is how it is. So something like okay. that. Um, uh, uh, but if you I, go I and get you, you find it, yeah, get a link. Um, and uh, you can actually go and check out all of our cool new stuff. We have, uh, uh, we have, I'm going to use the term that they use too many times in this damn season. I, I We've leveled up a lot mm-hmm. of our stuff this year <laughs> i was like how's and, lightning uh, rod apply <laughs> yeah no no we I, we have used the lightning rod to level up and um <laughs> and, and she she has really come up with some fantastic stuff and we've actually been posting it um and it's something that we have not done recently so if you've ever wanted to check out some of our stuff and get some things you have a chance to especially with the upcoming holidays which i assume this will come out probably before the holidays so um but if not then we'll still have stuff probably in the store and check that out um there you go that was my better goodbye because i didn't even say thank you for letting me rant because you i guys if you knew the amount of stuff i typed at nathan which was just like this is going to be the most toxic episode i've ever (laughs) talked about the flash i told him i was like i'm gonna like dude there's blood in the water and for me to be this mad about the flash dude this is my clone saga from spider-man and i remember nathan getting (laughs) mad about this and having to hear about it for months on end this is my moment and i've been just the the clone saga is definitely one of the contributing factors for me dropping reading comics for many years but uh (laughs) anyway but thank you all so much thank you yeah, and thank you guys for taking the time to talk about this season. And you know, it went long. I know, and Cammy, I know you're you're up against time thing. So, Cammy, thank you so much. Sean, thank you so much. And Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for thank having you. us, Nathan. And that's it for our Flash season eight episode. We hope that you liked it, and we'd like some feedback from you. We so rarely get feedback. Do you like how we've been handling the end of the Arrowverse episodes? What would you like? What wouldn't you like? What do you think about the formatting? Are there things about Flash Season 9 that you'd like to talk about us with? You can do all of that and more in a variety of different ways. First, you can contact us by emailing us at everything at 42cast.com. You can go to our website, 42cast.com, and leave a review or comment on any of the episodes there. You can go to our Facebook at facebook.com 42cast. You can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. With Apple Podcasts, they use the number of reviews as part of their algorithm as to what shows show up when you do a search. So the more reviews that you have, the higher your show shows up in searches. So we would like our show to be on the top. So if you have an Apple account and you want to give us a review, we would definitely appreciate you doing that. I'd also like to let you know about the ESO Network Patreon. It's a way you can help all the shows on the ESO Network. There are different perks that you get for the different tiers. You can find that by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network, and you can review the different tiers, what you get for those tiers, and if any of those sound interesting and you have the funds to contribute, we would definitely appreciate that. 
You can find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes to follow along with us, because we do explain all the important stuff that happens in each story. So if you just want to learn a little bit about Classic Who and listen to Juliet and I banter, you can do that. That's perfectly legitimate. But if you do have a way of reviewing the episodes along with us, you'll definitely get more out of it. So if that's interesting to you, that show is called Time Streams. The other show is Legendary Forces. That's where Juliet and I again, but also joined by Joe, Corey, and Ashley, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So that's the movies, the TV shows, comics, novels, anything that happens in the Star Wars universe. We tell you what we think of the thing that we reviewed, you know, what its quality was, whether we liked it, didn't like it. But then we also talk about it in the context of the unfolding Star Wars narrative. So between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, there were a lot of comics that came out, a few novels and, you know, children's books and things like that too. But what did the people who created that content think about Star Wars? What did they think Star Wars was all about? And what kind of stories did they think made sense in the Star Wars universe? That stuff evolves over time. And we like talking about that and talking about this concept and, you know, how these ideas about canon and continuity and everything have changed over time. So if that sounds interesting to you, give Legendary Forces a try. Beth and I finished Paper Girls the other night. Really liked the show, really disappointed that it isn't being continued, but, you know, that is the way that it is. We actually just started a show called Dwight in Shining Armor. It's a comedy show. It's about a kid, when I say kid, a teenager, who wakes up a princess, and by waking up the princess actually wakes up an entire fairy tale kingdom. Everything that was in this enchanted woods that's been slumbering for a thousand years, and so all the sort of hijinks between that meeting between the ancient times magical world and the modern world so in some ways reminiscent of something like a once upon a time or a show like that but it's definitely more in the comedic bent it's more half an hour episode type thing than hour-long dramas but it is really fun we're really enjoying it so it is definitely a show i'd recommend it's actually on byu tv which you can find online or if you have roku there's a channel for it I was a little trepidatious going into it, but not knowing if anything on BYU TV was going to be full of Mormon doctrine and stuff like that. But no, it's just like any other TV show. So I guess for whatever reason, Brigham Young University just has TV shows that they're producing. And I'm not sure what that's all about, but good on them. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm, you know, we're enjoying this particular one. But all right, that's it for this week. Join us back next week when Jerry Ryan will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing out. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. 
Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.